1: The Around the NFL podcast, rated 55.5 by Dow From the Chris Wessling podcast studio, it's Around the NFL. I am Dan Hansis. Here are heroes, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler, Week 7. And you know, we've been doing this for a long time. So there are times where we could be cynical old bastards and complain about the games and the week that was. Never. This is not one of those weeks. Fun week. This was a fun, fun week of football. And just goes to show you, when you looked at the slate heading into Sunday, it was a little meh. Uh, And yet we got a bunch of corkers on Sunday. A lot of games going down to the wire, Greggy, and uh, ahead of a hopefully when we close the show out. Uh, another scorcher between the Dolphins and Eagles, and I probably just jinxed that, but so far, so great.
2: Never a jinx. It was alive in the newsroom today. It was alive in uh, the Chris Wessling podcast studio before we tape with some hot button media talk that uh, we we'll have to save for the off season uh, media legacy podcast. We
3: definitely trend um, in our pre show conversations to things that couldn't be put out there in the public uh, space, which is fine. I, I don't agree with um, Jason Zumwalt's. Concept that we graded 55 percent from PFF. That's basically like the most of the New York that, Giants' offensive line. That's, that's
1: not good. That's troubling. That's a tough one. Are we that leaky? That's a bad number. But the thing is, we have what about 11 weeks to to figure it out, or whatever. um <laughs> All right. So, how do we want to do this today? I think what we should do uh, is, even though the benchmark or kind of the, the hallmark of this week is all these great games that went down to the wire, let's start with one that was not close, one that was decided by mm. really at the end of the first quarter uh, because what it potentially means in our league to Baltimore. Lamar to throw on second and goal, halftime, slings it back at the end zone. Touchdown
0: Ravens! Mark Andrews in the back of the end zone, and the Ravens are back on the scoreboard. His old reliable throws it out there for him and lets him go get it. One of the most shorthanded tight ends that I ever seen. It looked like it's a party, and Detroit wasn't invited.
1: It was one of the most surprising blowouts of the 2023 season. The Ravens scored four touchdowns before the Lions even had a first down. It was a stunning stomping by the home team over a fellow division leader, 38-6, in favor of the Ravens at M&T Bank Stadium. Lamar Jackson threw for 357 and three touchdowns, ran for another nearly perfect passer rating. Greggy, the Ravens, you know, they're one of your eight or so favorite teams. (laughs) And so you must be over the moon right now unless it clashes with the Lions, which I also believe is in your top eight. uh, If this was a MySpace situation. Uh, take us through where uh, you're at after watching
2: this. Show. I told you guys this game was coming, that this Ravens team was a Super Bowl contender all week, that they've got the bones of a team that can be great. Not saying they've shown it all. You did say that. But I agree. The, the underlying elements were all there today. This was a, a crazy game for them to have 16 first downs before the Lions had any, but have 325 yards to... When the Lions had 13, at that point, I think the Lions had only run like 13 plays or something. So you can't repeat this sort of performance, but seeing Lamar Jackson back there with a ton of time, his offensive line winning big time against this Detroit defensive line. And then when they did get some pressure on him, him making magic like he does was really outstanding to see because Odell Beckham was getting open. I know he only ended up with five or 49, but he looked like he had a little more juice. John Harbaugh said Uh, to the broadcasters during the week that he looked more like himself. Thought that was good. Like, Zay Flowers opened down the field. Andrews looked as healthy and with as much juice as he's had all season. And you just see an offense that, to me, has a really high ceiling paired with, oh, by the way, a defense who's been really injured and yet ranks in the top four in basically every DVOA category, and it all came together today.
3: I, I think it's easy to forget that this is a new offense that it like it's a completely different approach under Todd Munkin and that you wanted to arrive right away. And they've been, fr- they've been a frustrating watch on that side of the ball, but like today they hadn't crossed 237 yards passing all year. And it looked like it uh, today, hmm. a, an explosion. Um, I think it's super encouraging because it came against a super quality team. That's really well coached on both sides of the ball. And I would also give credit to Mike McDonald, who you mentioned on Thursday's show. That, you know, Harbaugh went out and got him as his defensive coordinator at post-Wink Martindale, and a lot of this was what they did to Detroit's offense, too.
2: Absolutely. I don't know if there's any defense in the league that is better at disguising their looks before the snap and then getting free rushers to quarterbacks and then be either confused you know, and holding the ball or them just not knowing which guy is going to come free? Because it's not like other than Clowney, anyone on the front has really been playing that well this year, like in their one-on-one matchups, but they really cause havoc. And that's a recipe for Jared Goff to struggle. And I don't think he had like a disastrous game. It was just 28 nothing. you know, once four drives were over and they called enough really good defensive plays to scramble a a good offensive coordinator and a good coach in Goff and Ben Johnson. Yeah, this
1: is the, what you were saying kind of, heading into this week that you saw them as a absolute Super Bowl contender. The reason I, I push back against it is because I this doesn't totally stun me in the sense that you know when everything's clicking with this team that they can be special, but they've also blown two games horrendously. We were at London last week. They're just kind of like, yes, just kind of finding a way get to get by a bad Titans team that lost their quarterback. Um, so there's this like weird DNA in this team that makes me uh, struggle with trusting them, but this isn't the week to talk about that because w- when you welcome in a Lions team that was playing as well as any team in football and absolutely pants them, uh, you have to be feeling very good about yourselves. Now, Dan Campbell's the head coach of the Lions. Um, it's always good to hear from Dan, especially after some type of seismic happening around his team. This yeah. one, a negative one. Uh, uh, let's see what the, the coach had to say.
0: Those guys, they, they played well. They kicked their ass, and it's uh, a credit to them. Lamar beat us uh he hammered us with his arm um you know he he threw the ball extremely well he ran when he needed to um and we did not handle it well yeah and lamar here's a stat over
1: 70 percent completion percentage in every start but one this year which is again greg kind of points to he's been as good as we've seen him probably since his mvp season and yet the offense has been enigmatic at times um, and he's been part of that with some turnovers. And he's had moments that have helped uh, seal losses and things of that nature. But uh, he's playing at a high level, and if they if they can get on a run here, look out.
2: Yeah, I think y- you look at what they do uh, on offense, and they they get guys open for Todd Munkin. And yet the running game w- was effective enough. You know, Gus Edwards is four, fourteen for sixty four. Justice Hill had had a couple nice runs in there, and Lamar scrambles and you just think you can win games in different types of ways because Roquan Smith, I, I just keep hammering every game. He's a force multiplier. That was ended up being such a great trade because he makes everyone around him better. He broke up a, a couple passes in the red zone that were key today. He just is flying all over the field and you can tell he makes uh, his teammates better. I'm not worried about the lines partly because of the schedule. They play one team with a winning record the rest of the season. Hmm. So it, It's the Cowboys in week seven, but
1: Will worry you in the sense that yes, and they beat their previous four opponents by at least fourteen points each. So they were they were kicking ass themselves. But it then it doesn't plant that seed of doubt when they get to January football, which I believe that they will. I mean, are they going to be maybe a a paper division champion when you see something like this? I'm not going that far. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't see them as you got your you got stomped here.
3: They did. And also they're a team on a journey like the Ravens have been in these battles in these wars and have been dealing with you know, playoff type seasons for years on end. Detroit's in a new place. Their coaches in a new place. They are all of them. And I I, like I know we I don't want to just hand out mulligans left and right, but I I'm willing just to let the Lions sure. sit with this and see where they go because the larger sample size of what they've been all season are things that you can rely on. They're both of their lines. Like I just I kind of feel like Detroit will learn from this um versus go
2: into a dark skid. I have a question about their defensive line though. They've beaten up on some bad offensive lines this year, and they got crushed today. And some Lions fans are a little on this too. So it was like no pass rush plus a lot of injuries at cornerback. They had a couple injuries. Going into this game at cornerback, they had another one during the game. So that was part of it. No passers plus bad cornerbacks. You get fried.
1: Mm. All right. That's how we start. With a
4: Bud weapon. Now let's move. Before we move on, Dan, you yes. told me to get in your ear and remind you about a
1: tweet you wanted to fly.
4: From oh, Ram, From the Ravens. Oh, yeah. An X.
1: Then thank you, Eric Roberts. Fly up the tweet. <laughs> Mark. Yes. Bud. Oh, jeez, Bud. What? We got to get out of this thing where I don't know how you wait got, a second, how you got like farmed into this for NFL.com? You're oh. doing these picks every week. And here it is. The tweet from the Ravens. You sure about that? Week seven expert picks. And you are one of six, p- 12. What is it? 12 uh, NFL media employees that all pick the lines to win. Yeah. This isn't like you, Seth. Hive dog.
3: mind. Hive mind. I got pulled into it. Wait I, you a know second. What? And I already had promised to you guys that my new strategy with these picks. So what happened? Well, I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, wait a second. I call. Uh, I, I I'm, the Lions I'm to win. I'm throwing the flag on the, the Ravens. This is a new level uh. of chicanery from the social media department. Uh They went and just looked around at various organizations of who got it right (laughs) and who got it wrong. So, for instance, they find five NFL Network people that got it wrong. But that means five got it right. It was right. like a pick em game. Because I was like, half the people picked the Ravens for sure. They were favored <laughs> in this game. And so they just picked and choose different people from different places and put it all up there. Hey, man. Yeah, yeah see, I, I actually throw, did pick I the throw underdog. I'm throwing the flag. To
3: the victor. It I the But again, to y- so
0: your point, <laughs>
3: yeah, this exercise, to your point, I only hear about my, uh, you know, my toils in this. When I am felt, that's what I'm saying. It's like we got
2: Jeremiah and shook yeah, on there, but then we also have Connor Orr, Albert Breer, <laughs> Brinson. It makes no sense. Greg, know, just,
1: Greg doesn't like media houses being. Well, you know, I just. Mean, together. Greg so, also yeah. wants it to, him to. Uh, there's the
2: Ravens logo next to Greg, and then the brand is built a little stronger. Greg called them a Super Bowl yes. team. That whole. Th- where's I, that? Team, I did. Right? I did pick them to win. One of the few games I got right, today, But right. you could literally do that with any game, any win all season. You could find someone that picked. Mark, can I you. offer it's as a, a longtime yeah. colleague? Help me out. Yeah. Yeah, what
1: can, what can um, I, do? I was approached by the same individual for this uh, assignment, <laughs> yeah. uh, which was I'm optional, ni- I'm and nice. you know what I said? I just say yes to things. I said pass. I, d-
3: I just say yes to things. Oh, can you come help me move? Like, sure. Throw up my whole f- effing Saturday just to go help someone move a bunch of furniture up and down a staircase. When? No, not recently.
2: Never helped saying, me move. Mark, I know. Actually, I, I, I didn't, love I didn't you, do that but recently. you are like not the person I would expect has been doing a lot of that. I lately. didn't
3: help do that recently for anyone, but I'm just saying that's the kind of thing I might be like cajoled
1: into. I can't picture uh, the cess dog taking a piano up uh, five flights. I not so, would, so. anytime soon.
2: I would potentially ask Mark just to <laughs> hear the excuse he came up with to not do it. Right? It would be creative. It would I'd be. come
1: up with some excuse. It would, it would be very much a lie as well. But wait a again, minute. It's okay. Okay. Well, yeah, you you, you could, could do this as well. The lie, so. You have to. Just tell him you can't do it. Tell him something came up. I know, with your daughter. My daughter. Your twenty-four-year-old daughter. She's very busy. Who is? She needs a lot of help all the time. Reconnecting,
3: right. with Her father. It's time to reconnect. Through all those years, i said yes to the NFL. It's time to say yes to someone
1: else. Thank you. It's that easy. Right, Eric. Thank you. Let's get let's get you know who on the line. All right, let's head to. We got we got Mark nice and lubed up now. So let's head uh, talk some Browns football.
0: Hudson and Harris Browns from the one. This is the game. Out of the eye. They need the touchdown. Hunt and Harris. Walker gives to Kareem Hunt. Pushing, pushing. Touchdown! Kareem Hunt got it across the goal line. He didn't wait for the official call. Are the cardiac kids back? Kareem Hunt getting it over the goal line. The huge touchdown on fourth down. You knew you could run it at that point. It didn't matter. That was the last play.
2: <laughs> Ooh. Whoa, oh, hello! Yeah,
1: bongo time. Wait, two weeks in a row? Well, I th- Jets got it last week, as they no. It. did. No, uh, was it Cleveland? Was Cleveland it? got the bongos last did week too. Really?
4: Yeah, Jets got it. Uh, it's on in New York City. Right. Feels a little strong. Well, it's been an interesting. I mean, in row, this was a
1: bongo worthy game. Yeah. And that was bongo worthy call from Andrew Siciliano, our friend and colleague for WKRK. Andrew filling in for the great. Andrew filling in for the great. Jim Donovan. He pointed at Mark, though. So it was... Andrew Jim
3: filling in Donovan, for the great. Absolutely. Sorry. Yes. The... Are you okay, One... Mark? No, the wonderful <laughs> Jim Donovan. Yes.
1: Craymond just broke into the plane of the goal line. Where are the bongos? Keep it going. <laughs> what are we doing? We're shutting down the bongos? The band went away. If you're going to play the bongos, you keep it playing. Yeah.
4: Song's not that long. We had a pause there for a second. <laughs>
2: we, we did have like a 25-second Jim Donovan pause. So. <laughs> that was not my
1: fault. Dream <laughs> Hunt just broke the plane of the goal line in the final seconds in Indianapolis. The deciding score in one of the wildest back-and-forth affairs of the year. The Browns forced the Gardner mean shoe fumble on the ensuing drive, clinching a 39-38 win over the Colts. Mark uh, we will get into the latest and the enduring Deshaun Watson injury saga in a bit. But let's start with the game. How did your Cleveland Browns pull this one off?
3: If you look at the last two weeks, and maybe Andrew Siciliano is something of a lucky charm. But it's Does he sound
1: younger when he's making these calls? I think he feels younger. I think he's Benjamin Buttoning through younger. this Browns. Doing something it's, you love. Yeah. It's Make taking you the
3: years off him. Because like, these are two games. Imagine a 24-year-old Siciliano. Yum. Spicy. That's what they say. That's what they've said. Um, but like, yes, you, two weeks in a row, these are games that other versions of the Cleveland Browns um, and they're a weird team, like would have lost, just flat out lost. Like, would have found a way to, to lose last week to the Niners. And this, there were so many opportunities for them to lose. And there's a lot of particulars to this game and how it went. And you've got, you know, three weeks in a row where Deshaun Watson is not readily available. And when he was in there today for a little bit, very um, unattractive as a player and like did not do a good job. But this was the game that I've waited for. Miles Garrett, like has these moments of greatness. And we see them. But it's like the one thing that I find a little different between him and if you go to Pittsburgh um, in certain times in Baltimore, but especially in Pittsburgh, like T.J. Watt, where T.J. Watt's sort of specialty, his magic power is like, oh, the offense isn't producing or there are ups and downs. Like, T.J. Watt's like, it's the late in the fourth quarter. I'm going to do something as a defensive player to completely change this game and add to what you think about T.J. Watt. And I always felt like Miles Garrett... He has those moments, but they come in losses or they come in games where it's like he's compiling stats where it's like it's not his fault, but he's not in a game-changing moment. Today, though, the first half of Miles Garrett, it was the greatest half I've ever seen him play in my life. Mm. Um, two incredibly important sacks, two forced fumbles, and a play, if, we have not, if you've not seen this— Because this typically gets flagged because players aren't able to do this physically. Mm -hmm. Miles Garrett, and I'll tell you one time, um, when they were playing the Chargers a number of years ago, I went downtown to downtown L.A. to meet with a young guy who was a Browns writer. And I walked in the hotel, and Miles Garrett walked by me. And it's like, oh, this is literally a completely different type of human being than wherever I came from. Like, I mean, he just looks like a completely different specimen. And he's able to do things with his body. And today was one of the best examples I've seen of that. Uh, in a key moment where the Colts were lining up for a field goal that kept hanging around with the Browns, Miles Garrett just literally leaps over the offensive linemen, multiple offensive linemen, and doesn't touch them, so there's no penalty,
1: and then just seamlessly waltzes in and blocks the right. kick. It reminded me, uh, I-, I tweeted about this, that I X'd about this that uh, Lawrence Taylor in the original Tecmo Bowl. Yes. He could do that, too. You like, could always you do it. could not get an extra point or a field goal against the Giants <laughs> Tecmo Bowl because so, he had this otherworldly ability to get to the kicker. Uh, only Miles Garrett's a real person, and he's doing this. And uh, as Greg, you would
2: say, and it's one of your favorite terms, and you've already used it once, a force multiplier. I, wow. I do need to get away from that. But uh, a couple of sacks on the game, too. Like like a pass defense. Like, he, he is everywhere. And he's everywhere on a day, and you, you can explain it to me, where their defense, you know, has a lot of regrets that they yep. give up 456 yards to the Minshew Colts. Now, How part, did that happen? part of that is 16 drives, but it was 6.8 yards per play. How did that happen, Mark? I thought, what? so, what? What? <laughs> yes, it's what? the
3: right time for that because the Minshew of last week with the fumble, the lost fumble and three interceptions where you're like, maybe the Minshew thing doesn't last for more than a couple weeks. Totally effective on the ground today. Um, He, I thought he played one of the better Minshew games I've seen. Um, Jonathan Taylor, who we were waiting to show up, had a couple big moments today where you're like, wait a minute. The idea that Jonathan Taylor might not come back and be the same guy. Incorrect. He looks that way.
2: And I think there were, there were defensive breakdowns today for Cleveland, which is that's the way you beat the Schwartz defense is you throw some bombs because they're going to be aggressive.
1: Um, Let's talk about Deshaun Watson here because um, it's fair to wonder, uh, you know, how the injury is being handled, what the truth is behind the injury. And it it got even murkier this week. So he was, it looked like he was trending toward not playing this week. Then late in the week, he practiced. And then all of a sudden he's on the field in this game, but not for long. He's struggling. Then he goes into the blue tent to be checked for a concussion, uh, ruled not to have suffered a concussion by the independent neurologist, but then does not come back in the game. And PJ Walker finishes it. Uh, here is what Deshaun Watson had to say after his head coach, Kevin Stefanski, said they kept him out uh, to protect himself. No, it was just a medical decision uh, with the staff and everyone that's, that's, you know, part of making a decision. And um, they felt like the decision was best to, you know, let P.J. go in and, and finish the game, to, uh, make sure the team, you know, it benefits the team.
2: Hmm. It's weird because the the question was like, what was the decision? Did you think you could make your shoulder worse? And Stefanski had said, Look, I, I made the decision. Watson says it's a medical decision. It just, and Stefanski also said Watson will play next week. So Did he hurt his shoulder today? So, I, I, I'm confused. So, so the, he didn't we, answer it. That's why the, right. that yeah. was the answer to that question. Right. The, yeah, the Browns never
3: completely clarified that. But on the play where he went out, like he does hit his helmet the back of his helmet hard hard on the ground. And right. so I could see where a concussion concern would come up. Um, he
2: also, though, was like... But they said it, he passed the protocol. So he, he
3: passed he that, did. but his, ar- his throwing arm was sort of hanging, the way that we saw Anthony Richardson. Like, because, on the same like, play. It was just hanging. I thought maybe he's just... I think he aggravates... The Browns are conservative with their injuries, maybe more than some teams would be. Um, I would say the other thing would be a bigger concern is, like, he threw a terrible interception... Um, and nearly threw a second that simply was an interception. Just was it, right, but isn't it because he's hurt? Account. Like so, I think. It, I think. It, I think the thing is like he's not healthy, and he, and he should have never played. played. He said this week that he may not be healthy this entire season because of the shoulder thing. So I, I don't. They're a little bit lost at quarterback. What is he on
1: the field today for I don't, I don't,
2: know. I don't know. I don't know. They it, certainly aren't handling this very well. I, I would. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. At this point, it's very strange because I feel like the Browns are having one season, and this is a season of crazy wins. The last couple weeks, it's a season of huge defense and now it's a season of like wow pj walker not exactly playing well but finding a way to get a win and then deshaun watson is off to the side and he's sort of having this other season yeah and they're like not the same you're right seasons and i want you to you know speak some on like the other browns because you were enjoying this game i haven't seen you as excited in the newsroom watching a browns game in a while and they are they're a, they're a legit so. team i just don't know I, I don't that, know where they're going, but I, they are a legit team. They're,
3: they're, they're, I will say this because I think Stefanski sort of been like a hot seat contender. I think he's done a good job coaching this team up through a quarterback abyss. Um, someone like Jerome Ford who came in today and 69-yard touchdown gallop on the opening drive. You don't have Nick Chubb. You don't have your starting quarterback or Nick Chubb. And you're getting these performances from other people around them. So they're enjoyable for that element of resiliency. And I think Stefanski who did not do a good job coaching this team a year ago. Um, I think he did actually with Jacoby Brissett, but in general, like your coach of the year from a couple years
1: ago, didn't look like it, but basically he's a a a good coach whenever
2: Deshaun Watson's not playing.
1: I think so too. Here's the thing to me, what it feels like it's not dissimilar to how I feel about watching my own team right now, where they're a fun watch, uh, because they're a little plucky, especially with PJ Walker playing, um, (laughs) But if you take out Nick Chubb and if Deshaun Watson is going to be an injury riddled mess, like there's a ceiling on the on the season. Oh, there's the a ceiling. The goal here, of course, is to win the Super Bowl. So, like this is as fun as these games are. Like, they need if there's a path to Watson getting healthy, they need to get on that right path because that's what can make them truly dangerous in the AFC. Because uh, the Walker thing is that there's an expiration date there. That's going to limit you. Um, but how about that, Mark?
2: Four and two, though. So the wild games back then. So now maybe night, they've bought back themselves some times if they do need to sit Watson. and they, they found a way to win enough games that maybe they're, they're in the mix when he comes back.
1: They already had their bye. Mm. Was, they were resting the shoulder then, so they can't seem to make progress on that front. But in terms of winning football, what are they? Four and two now. Four and two. How about that? Mark, how about that? I approve. Uh, the Bills, the Bills fans, like Eric Roberts, do not approve of the arc of the season so far. Tremendously frustrating. And that continued at Foxborough today. A second and goal to go from the left. hash okay. one Andrews okay. over the football to snap it back. Jones has it. Looks to his right, throws it to the right. Got it. He's got it. Touchdown. He's got it. Patriots. <laughs> there he is, Mike Kosicki off the side of a milk carton. Catching the game winner on a little look in from Jones to the right slot. And it is the drive that Mac Jones has needed. I mean, I mean we're acting like Mike Gasicki's like Tony Gonzalez in 1997. Yeah, that like, crowd was going crazy. Where is where is <laughs> where is Mike
0: Gesicki Gis- 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 been?
1: Bob Sochi in the power Powerade bottle with the call for WBZ. Mac Jones. Give him that extension, Greggy. <laughs> Threw yeah. a one-yard well, touchdown pass. You would like pass. that, wouldn't you? To uh, Mike Gusecki with 12 seconds to play and the Patriots steal one away from the Bills. 2925 uh, Mark, a-, a weird one uh, for me personally tracking from afar because I'm just kind of following this game on the scroll. The, the Cleveland Indy game was the same thing. It's like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, <laughs> uh, there are multiple points where it appeared. The game was decided in favor of each of the teams. How did the underdog Pats come out ahead? I think this was sort of the
3: team that if you were Bill Belichick and his like small cadre of assistant coaches, this is the
2: team that you thought you would get his family members, basically
3: essentially his sons and, <laughs> you know, a cl- type, like friends that keep secrets for him. A nephew, nephew, yeah, um, seven, they like, it doesn't look like it. Cause if you look at like, for instance, like Ramondre Stevenson's line box score, like doesn't look impressive, but I thought he ran the ball as well as he has all season. And, Mac Jones played a better game than he's played all season. And like they got little contributions on offense and their defense looked tighter and you're getting a bills team that I don't know if it's their DNA because things change, but this is weeks in a row where they come out flat. They, they looked completely out of sync early on. Uh, they have scored. What is going on here with one of these numbers? They've been outscored like an
1: insane amount in the first half, like in the, and, and they just have come out as a flat team well, they- they really had no business winning last week no. against the Giants in their building on Sunday Night Football the week before didn't go well, Greg. And now you, you you can't find a way to close out the Patriots. And, you know, I, as soon as you saw Matt Milano go out, I wondered what was going to happen mm. with their defense. And uh, again, I didn't see the game, but I'm just curious, like, is that one of those Jenga pieces where they're going to struggle to get big stops all season without kind
2: of the heart and soul of their D? Well, you, you let... Mac carve you up 25 for 30, 272 yards in the second half of that game. The only stop they get was on on a forced fumble. And otherwise the Patriots had a field goal, a touchdown and a touchdown. And the Patriots are up or behind and up in this game, rather 22 to 10. They just went on a touchdown drive in the fourth quarter. They've played a very clean game market. Am I right? Yeah. Then, then the bills get a, a two minute five play 75 yard drive. Then they force a fumble and then Josh Allen ends up running it in. And you think like, there is no way at that point that the bills defense lets the Patriots get to overtime, even much less lose the game. So that's very surprising to me. Like, what did you see out of the the bills defense here? They allowed a team that's looked completely
3: dead on arrival on offense to make plays. And they, and they got ran on in key situations. Mac Jones played. I thought the best game he's played all season. And it's just like, I don't know where this Patriots team was, but this is a Bills team that did not live up to the moment today. I mean, this is the hmm. against the Jaguars, against the Giants, in today, three weeks in a row, they've come out flat. And I, I, I guess it just, like, it, in the scope of these seasons, it leaves me, I already think we had some suspicions about the Bills' floor when they don't kind of operate the way that they should. And it's just an example of, like, I don't know, is this team going to go win multiple games on the road in the playoffs, it doesn't feel like it to me. And I think Josh Allen today was one of the reasons they didn't perform well. It's like it's not always in spite of everyone else. It's like Josh Allen sinks them at times. I feel like it just was not a great game. He did (laughs) not lift it today.
2: Very surprising against this team, though. They've owned the Patriots in this McDermott-Belichick rivalry. Here's some stats. So the Pats averaged four
1: yards a carry, which doesn't seem like a big deal because everybody should do that. But they had been averaging less than three and a half a game going into this game. So they ran the ball, like you were saying. Mac Jones was pressured on just 20% of his dropbacks, according That's to ESPN. Uh, so he was able to sit back and, and find open receivers. Against a bad Patriots right. line. So they, they, they about- weren't they weren't doing the job on defense. And on offense, These the slow starts, and, and Eric, we talked a little bit before the show, um, that they only seem to be able to get things going uh, when they fall behind. Over the past three games, this team has averaged less than six points in the first three quarters of the game. And, and, and sometimes you can you have the ability to come back and steal these games like they did last week. But then other times it's not going to work out. And they're, they're supposed to be better than this, uh, yeah. Eric. They, yeah. And they're not. It's
4: it's like pulling teeth until the end of the fourth quarter. I mean, they they fell short against the Jaguars in London where they had the little spurt and they put himself in a kind of a spot to maybe steal it where they had a quick little rebound. And, you know, it's like they cut it close. They had a weird hook and ladder. They got lucky last week. You know, they probably could have got a PI call that would have thrown that game the other way. And then, yeah, this week they, the offense is asleep at the wheel. It feels like until, until way late. With like, it's they it shouldn't be. They didn't. It's it's tough. It's real tough. Week it's week seven. Watch. Week
2: seven is early for a team like the Bills, where it's almost like the playoffs only matter. Three losses. You don't want to have three losses, but it doesn't. It doesn't put them. They're just such a strange team because. They were the number one team in DVOA heading into last week because they were stop- they've they had these weird, like huge downs and huge ups. And that's surprising uh, to me yeah. for a veteran team. Now, there was one schematic, one thing with the Patriots offensive line that I think could help change their season. They put Mike O'Nwen, who's been a very good right tackle when they play, they're out at right tackle. He'd been at guard when healthy. And they got Cole Strange back, their, their first referee. So they had a couple. Spots that looked better. The right tackle position was the worst in the entire NFL. So maybe that helps their off.
3: When they went on this run of dominance earlier in the year, though, you look back, it's like they dominated the Raiders and the Commanders. And the Dolphins, yeah. that's a big win. I, when I watch this team, because I think Dalton Kincaid had a nice game today and you, you thought that would be consistent throughout the year. But like, if it's not Stefan Diggs... There's a lack of weapons on this, in this offense. Yeah. And I think we felt that way like going into the year. that like, they, Were they going to go sign DeAndre Hopkins or one of these guys? And they didn't do it. And there's just periods and moments throughout some of these lower echelon performances by the Bills where someone's missing.
1: All right, a couple things here. Uh, here's, uh, just because I like this quote, uh, David Andrews, Patriot Center. Uh, this one gave me, gave me feels.
0: Mm. You know, it feels good. It feels good to go home, you know. Having a beer, sitting outside, and feel
1: real good. I like the idea of just going outside and sitting outside, having a beer. Well, it's been nice. They've not had a lot of beer drinking Sundays. I'm like a a crisp, like New England. Sure. uh, Mid to late October. Like he's gonna sit. He's gonna be a little sore, but he's gonna have that beer. I like that. The other,
2: the other quote I want to play for you. You
1: know, you like put on a little like, you know, maybe one of the first two like Band of Horses albums.
2: Right. Especially a guy who he had gone to three straight Super Bowls at one point. It, this is dark. He's going to need more you than know, you one beer to beer. You you know, smell. You know, you, know, you smell that chimney, you know, the chimney smoke
1: in the air. And that, and then you could maybe a breath. But you're bundled up.
2: Crisp. Uh, I don't know if there's chimney. I don't know if the fires have started yet. quite. In I don't know. Foxborough.
1: Well, well, I mean, it's almost November. I I've, I live there. Cold. there. <laughs> yeah, it's cold. Uh, here's Bill Belichick. Uh, and this was actually really nice to see because bill belichick won his 300th game of his career that's third all time
2: and uh
1: he obviously was looking inward and was quite verbose and, and sharing uh this special moment for him so let's listen to
2: What's your reaction uh, to becoming the third head coach with 300 wins behind uh, don shula and george hellas
0: um i mean it's great i'm really more focused on
1: you know our team in this year and We'll worry about that later. Thank I you. mean, that was,
2: that was you actually got me for some reason. I don't know what you were gonna throw it to. And I was like, oh, because he was. There was a great clip of him. I tweeted it out of him at the Patriots Hall of Fame ceremony this weekend. I've never seen him looser and happier talking about Dante Scarnecchia, who got inducted uh, to the Hall of Fame, like telling jokes and like making impressions. I like. I've actually never heard him literally speak like that, and I was like. Wow, Bill. Maybe Bill. Just, this was like you know in concert with that. Right. Absolutely.
3: No, he was gushing. Hey, very warm.
2: Shout out to Mike Vrabel. Also got uh, inducted on Sunday. I love the fact that he ended his halftime induction speech to the Patriots Hall of Fame. It's like, yeah. all right, I'm out of here. We got a game to win. I was like, oh, wow. I hope Gravedigger's not watching this. We got a game to win. I love it. Thank you. I wouldn't mention Thank one you, Mike, for all those touchdowns. I love it. I thought this was surprising because
3: we've already sort of talked about, you know, it was Flashpoint focused that, like, maybe this whole Belichick thing ends with New England. It's like, Rappaport dropped this bomb this morning that Belichick signed a lucrative multi-year extension in the off-season. So if Kraft was already thinking, and I get all that, that's just money. It's Kraft's a billionaire, so, like, I guess I'd want to know what that means
1: exactly. Right. Tom Curran kind of followed it up. Well, it means two
2: things, lucrative and multi-year. Those two things are words that have meaning. Tom Curran followed up believing that multi-year meant 23 and 24 and that it wouldn't affect the decision-making.
3: Like he was not
2: hired for this season. That they basically ripped. that, That It was a way of. They're kind of spinning it, whereas like they ripped up the old contract. That it's probably not I passing. Mean, I
3: mean, I I, again, I think mean, Robert Kraft could buy forty-two houses and decide he doesn't want them. So I get that. So it's not. I also not feel a money like I'm thing,
1: but. in the minority on the show that I don't think he's going to lose his job after this year. But he'd, he'd be more likely to get another shot, maybe the new quarterback, and maybe that's
2: that. Well, who knows? Kind of there's
1: ten. There's literally ten games left. that.
2: That's yeah. the biggest factor is how right. these ten games go. If they if a bunch of them go like this, he'll, he'll do fine.
1: They'll win a few games.
2: You know they will. Well, yeah, I mean, all
1: the Patriots fans out there like Brockman with the Rich Eisen show. I, I like Brockman, but, you know, they're like pounding the table like, oh, we're going to get the first overall pick. We're tanking for Caleb and all this stuff. We're not rooting for you to get that. Yeah. No, why would you are not, you're not like, that? oh, uh, maybe the Patriots will look out and get the first overall pick. No. What no. fairy tale? With, why, would that, that,
3: why would that, that delight us? I don't need that to happen. You got it. Greg. You got 20 years. Of yeah.
2: Greatness. Uh, a lot of a lot of bad teams lost today, though. is a is a good day for the one win teams. They they're not too far down in the pecking order still. I think they're at the fifth pick. Um. All right. Okay. That's one. I'm, tra- I'm tracking it. Let's take a break and then we will continue onward.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill, so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day, and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap, fresh green Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, okay. So a bunch of close games
1: there. Uh, here's a game that disappointed me. Like I'm, like my dog is. He just turned one, and he's still, you know, he's essentially a, a teenager at this point. So he'll he'll act out when we leave him. Sometimes he gets upset, so he'll jump up and grab something and like he, he ate a box of cookies and we're like oh, he's going to die. Like he didn't die, which was good. What kind of cookies like were they? They were ginger dark chocolate ginger cookies I got from England for my wife and she's like I don't like ginger. I was like, "Oh, great." So big uh, L there. And then the dog ate them and was like heaving for a couple days. Double L. So double L, good job uh by me. Anyway, uh, my point being, I'm disappointed both in captain, but still love him, and also the potential shootout between the Chargers and Chiefs, Mm. that wasn't.
0: Kelsey's in the backfield as an H-back. They're going to fake a handoff. Now they're going to go on a pass inside and dragging into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City! And the Chiefs get the touchdown with a little bit of a formation <laughs> trickery. They had Travis Kelsey lined up in the backfield. He ran a running back route. And mm. Kelsey, who lined up in the backfield, just ducked inside and was able to drag three charges, almost lost the ball yeah. as he had the ball up above his helmet <laughs> and the Chargers were trying to rip it out.
1: All right, Bob. Uh, WBZ, excuse me, that was Mitch Holtis with WDAF, with the call. Um, that was a funny play because Travis Kelsey wasn't really open, and Kadarius Tony flared out to out of the backfield, and he was all by himself for an easy touchdown. And Mahomes is like, "No, Taylor Swift's here. I think he's going to fire this ball into Kelsey." Threw it low. Kelsey <laughs> made a great athletic. That's the
2: thought process.
1: <laughs> like I really do think it it factors in, uh, and he made the catch, and then just lifted the ball above his head. Like, I took the kids to see, uh, there's an old-time theater in the town I live, uh, uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. And, like, he's like uh, uh, Strange, the guy, Glenn Strange, who played Frankenstein. He's just holding it over his head, the ball. Hmm. And it's like, hey, Chargers, come back to us. Knock the ball out of his hands. And instead, they just let him get pushed into the end zone. It was the third touchdown for Patrick Holmes in the first half. He finished with four, and the Chiefs end up cruising to a 31-17 Win. The reason I was disappointed is because this game was seventeen seventeen. I want to say about early to mid second quarter. Mm-hmm. There were four touchdowns scored in seven minutes and five seconds of game time uh in the first half at one point. And, you know, listen, in the early games, I went from watching, and oh my god, we're gonna talk about it later, but it was when we're watching Baker Mayfield and Desmond Ritter in the early slate to all of a sudden I have Herbert and Mahomes in the late slate and, and this game starts out beautifully. And all I could think to myself is, this is going to be the game everyone's talking about. Not quite, because the Chiefs defense, Greg, which it's been lights out pretty much all year. Once again, once they kind of course corrected, completely shut down L.A. in the end of the second quarter, throughout the second half. Uh, shutting them out, in fact, and it's an easy win for the Chiefs as a result.
2: It's it's another second half where the Chargers offense gets absolutely nothing. They're just not built to be like this and you do have to give the credit, though, to the Chiefs defense because it's now week after week. It's now coming against some good quarterbacks and it's very often at the linebacker position. Bolton, Nick Bolton hurt his wrist late in this game. And I think that would be a big loss. Does not for look Chiefs. good either. Dislocated yeah. wrist. Okay. That's, that's tough. And we'll see like when and how he can play through that. If they put a cast on that, but that could be a while, but Willie Gay was everywhere in this game. And when drew Tranquils needed to play this year, he's been awesome. Uh, I just love the way spags is deploying these guys. And Oh, by the way, like sometimes maybe you will get 424 yards and four touchdowns from Mahomes, plus a good defense. Yeah, you've kind of been waiting for that.
1: And I know, like, uh, fantasy owners been waiting for that. Like, where's the Mahomes explosion game? Here are some crazy stats. Because to the credit of the Chargers, and I don't want to give them a ton of credit because they kind of drive me crazy watching them. Um, they, they tightened up defensively in the second half, themse- second half themselves uh, and kept this from turning into a 50-burger situation. But... Uh, The Chiefs had 333 yards of offense at halftime.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: Travis Kelsey's stat line at the half, nine for 143 and one on nine targets. Patrick Mahomes stat line at half 20 for 23 for 321 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Another touchdown called back on penalty that led to a field goal. And I mean, listen, Mahomes is beauty personified as a quarterback, uh, but The the charges were embarrassing. Uh, Their defense in the first half of this game, the the number of times Travis Kelsey is in the conversation as the greatest tight end who's ever lived, he is all by himself over and over and over. And I understand Mahomes part of his greatness is he can evade a pocket when it gets muddy and he makes late decisions and he does that move where he gets close to the line of scrimmage and just when you think he's scrambling. He throws it, not like a little check down, but like a 20 yard uh, mm-hmm. shot down field that goes for a huge play because the defense is broken down. He was doing that, but doing it over and over and over to the point where it's like, aren't you a defensive head coach, uh, Brennan Staley? Where are the adjustments? And by the time they came, it was already too late.
3: I mean, I don't know. I've come to expect frustration from the charge to this point, but it is a division opponent. You should know Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid as well as anyone in the league, and you have Justin Herbert. That's the one thing that you have where if the Chiefs keep scoring, they keep producing, and I'm looking at what happens here in the second half in a key divisional matchup, and it's red zone interception, three and out, three and out, three and out, close the game with another interception. And it's two games in a row where it's like, and I look at I, we all Justin Herbert. It's no, no questioning his talent, but like you're not getting the job done. And I think there's just something intrinsically and chemically wrong with the Chargers. Well, and it's like I don't expect you know that.
1: that. I mean, they're the Chargers. Yeah, but then even to
3: the point where you went in thinking this would be a great game. I mean, they'll take games down to the end. But it's like this is a team that is two and four is not the sum of their parts for the second or third year in a row under this coaching staff and. You can't make things this easy for
2: Patrick Mahomes. Well, they, they, they know what's at stake this season, Brandon Staley and the coaching staff. They know they have to have, finish, I think, with a winning record to, to keep their jobs. But this actually was different because, look, they, every one of these games always comes down to the wire. This is actually the first two-score win by the Chiefs over the Chargers in four years. So that, yeah. that goes back even to before when, when Staley was here. It's, it's October 22nd. We're, we're wrapping up week seven. The division's over. The AFC West has won. Unless you think the Raiders are, are rallying here uh, to go win this division, it's over.
3: <laughs> Only a psychotic would think I'm that. I'm just so saying. It, it is over. Isn't that no, crazy? It's just
2: kind of crazy. A,
1: barring a disaster uh, around Patrick Mahomes or, or something like that. Yes. You, Shane, Shane Buchler
2: or whoever's backing him up could can, can do it. And the, Yeah, I mean, I understand Gabbard. your
1: frustration, um, Mark, because, yeah, I'm, I'm sick of talking about the Chargers like this also, but it's yeah. like you watch a game like this, and they're such a mess in the first half defensively. And then in the second half, when they plug that hole, they're a total mess offensively. And it's like, guys,
2: are And wh- they give up a big doing? special teams play right after Staley, who's been a little more cautious, decides to punt on fourth and five. Uh, the football gods punish him yes. by having the return go to almost exactly the line of scrimmage uh, where the punt was. And the return was by?
1: Nicole Hardman, who also had a big third down conversion <laughs> oh before, the oh Kelsey, uh, before the closing Travis Kelsey, before the closing Isaiah Pacheco touchdown. The one thing, and
3: I know people, like, there's half the people listening do still want to hear anything about, like, this individual, but, like, the splits. Travis Kelsey's, like, um, whether Taylor Swift oh. is present or not, are insane. And you know what? I don't know. We're human beings. Like, if you're if the woman that you love is watching you oh. do something, don't you think that maybe it can change who you are? Is that crazy? Um, I think, I
1: people are like, oh, whatever. No, he might yeah. be in a, a very happy headspace. I Yeah, because Taylor's at the game again. I was actually thinking, this is a little different, um, quick Taylor take, and everybody's like, oh, no, they're talking about Taylor. So just, I know. Fast I don't, forward 15 you seconds. You want to talk, your sh- talk your sh- yeah. it's, it's, it's a story. It's, a, it's just a thing. Just relax. We have, we have to ruin everything now. Right. Like, that's, that's what social media mostly does. Like, oh, this. I Taylor haven't heard thing. one thing, but I've oh, also muted you know, it. People are always like, oh, let's ruin it. You
3: know, table the Taylor Swift talk. Like what is it? One minute a show tops ever?
1: I there was a play where Mahomes uh made a, a a great throw to 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 Kelsey in the end zone. He was interfered with, almost came down with it interfered with, so they were set up first and goal. And they showed uh Patrick Mahomes' wife is Brittany. Mm-hmm. Okay. Brittany Mahomes next to Taylor. And Brittany Mahomes is reacting when she sees the flag go up. She knows what it means. Taylor is like, oh, because the ball wasn't caught. I'm curious, is Taylor starting to learn some of the nuance of the sport? I bet. Did she understand what the laundry came, coming out meant? Are we still working toward that? Did she know football before? I don't want to make an assumption that she didn't know anything about football. Uh, in that moment, she seemed a little bit lost in space, whereas uh, Mahomes' wife was totally plugged in. That was one take I had from a replay.
2: I That's mean, a good question. Two weeks is ago, Is she learning? Two weeks ago, we were t- I was talking about, like, yeah, Kelsey's catching passes, but, like, where are the explosive plays, yeah, exactly. yards per play? Uh, the last two games, 21 for 303 in, t- in two games. Absurd. What is
3: happening? Absurd. Hey, and also, by the way, this is a completely, like, side note, <laughs> but Greg and I noticed this before the game. Like, why is Bernie Kosar hanging out at I don't the know. pregame with Taylor Swift?
1: I mean, you answer that question. You, I don't know. You've am- been in contact with Kozar over the years. No, I, I will ask him. I'll ask him. Hashtag wellness. That was one of the strangest tweets I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Real quick, two more things. uh, Rashid Rice flashed a little bit in this game. Has flashed a little bit the last couple of weeks. I like that. We've talked about we need the Chiefs need one more guy to kind of become a guy. He's a guy. Could it be Rice? And and if he is, look out. Because this team with this defense and my goodness. And finally, speaking of uh, Internet cynicism, uh, controversial Chargers fan lady. Remember, we got all upset about Marianne, the woman. Marianne Doe or Do? I don't know. Like, oh, that, really? You have her name. That's good. Yeah, but I don't, I don't sure know. know. Uh She was wearing a Chargers jersey. They cut her at one point, so obviously a big fan. Oh, she was wearing a matching um, yellow hat of like a startup um, chicken uh, company. So she was helping out a friend. No, it was Buffalo Wild Wings. Was the hat she was wearing?
3: That's interesting, as I thought. That I don't think that's going to help I, I the her lingering cynicism around obscure. her.
2: And the situation. Yeah. Greg. I'm happy she got paid. You know let's go free free chicken (laughs) you've done it again uh all right casey offensive line was great too they're
1: very hey guess what they're a good ass team and everyone's gonna suffer another long season trying to beat them oh speaking of suffering i was on this falcons bucks beat tonight. oh my goodness so it's a 51 yard try Never lock an NFC
2: South team. Oh.
1: Ever. Pinion will hold, McConnell will snap. Are you kidding me? What was I thinking?
0: To win the game for Atlanta. Snap, spot. Kick from Koo is away, and it (laughs) is good. Fly home safely, Atlanta. 16 13 is the final in Tampa. Youngwei Koo, the winner
1: from 51 yards. Atlanta goes to 2-0 in the division. Oh. Me gone. (laughs) Western with the call. (laughs) Falcons radio. Um, The the Atlanta Falcons lead a division in the NFL. I demand a recount. In a sloppy affair that accelerated the aging process of all those unfortunate enough to watch, in the spirit of transparency, I was paid to do so. The Falcons rode a late 39-yard reception by Kyle Pitts and a young way coup 51-yarder that you heard his time expired to edge the Bucks 16-13. Tampa Bay has now lost three or four, proving once again that September is a big, fat liar. They're not very good. Um, Very frustrating watch. Very hard watch. The Falcons, the reason I'm not even that, you know, upset about the lock is because the, Falcon, uh, the Falcons should have won this game four different ways. And they couldn't uh, because Desmond Ritter fumbled the ball three times and lost all three fumbles. And I'll tell you about the fumbles. One was first and goal at the one, uh, a muffed snap, that he couldn't recover. And the second one was on a really nicely designed play call where he scrambled and uh, was heading toward the pylon, maybe let up just enough uh, for a... Uh, Tampa Bay defun defender to come in and knock it out of his hand at a bound Antoine Winfield, who is having Antoine a Winfield. hell Thank of
2: you. a contract year. Man, is he looking good?
1: It was a beautiful play
2: and a great hustle
1: play. I wouldn't quite call it Don Beebe Leon Lett, but it was that type of vibe where it looked mm. like it was definitely a touchdown. And then all of a sudden it's going the other way. So the fact that you had two absolutely crushing turnovers by Atlanta on offense at the one yard line, that that never happens but you still find a way, and part of the reason, Mark, they found a way is because the Bucks' offense could not get things going. I owe the, the Falcons' defense an apology. I kind of uh, said they weren't much uh, on the Thursday preview show. Statistically, they've been pretty good this year, and in this game, they continually kind of gave Baker Mayfield fits, and uh, the Bucks are 0-2 in the red zone, including late in the game where they had a chance to steal it themselves, but they never came close. The Falcons find a way.
3: You don't see too many games like this where if you're Atlanta, you got inside the 12-yard line three times and, and produced zero points on those instances. I wonder if it'd be different because I know... So B. John Robinson oh went out with an illness because he he does he did play for a, a spot of time
2: at least, but then they I, lose him. I don't know if that would have played, made a big difference. He but. played 10 total snaps. He said after the game, he woke up suffering from like headaches, a ton of headaches, hmm. and uh, they tried to go easy on him strange Uh, everything was strange about it because he was not on the injury
1: report obviously so he's saying he woke up with it okay um then he's on the sideline with his helmet on and not getting on the field at all he actually does eventually get a touch and his first touch comes with 28 seconds remaining in a 13 13 game and the falcons driving for the game-winning field goal attempt like I've never seen any of this stuff happen before. It's just this this Artie Smith Falcons team is bizarre. Um, and but to their credit, they found a way without their best player uh, uh, to to get this done. So it's not going to change uh, anyone's feelings. I don't think about the Falcons offense because they're still held back by a, a, a turnover plagued uh, quarterback. However, if you look at some of the yardage, yes, they're moving the ball better. And uh, it, un, unquestionably, the team has a pulse in terms of moving the football. Kyle Pitts has been involved, Greggy, um, but you just wonder how much longer they can sustain these back-breaking turnovers uh, if they play teams that are actually good, which the Bucks are not.
2: Which, but but they really don't. And so, right. I think we should all just take take a minute, take a step back, and just accept like this is the NFC South. Right. right. We are going to experience this for ten more weeks. <laughs> right. there this is, is what Colleen was talking about, by the way Yes,
1: Colleen, I see where she was coming from On some level, right. yes. and this sometimes happens with Connie Doesn't understand a seg, totally uh, She tried in to fork the entire fashion. division yeah. uh, and, and great comedy ensues um, But in the case of this Like, watch this game And then Co- Colleen's <laughs> right. comment Makes more sense Because we just, do we need this? Like, right.
2: society need it But they're also, like, the Bucks, Saints, and Falcons They're all deeply flawed Deeply frustrating dumb in different ways The the bucks are just kind of like mediocre. I don't know if they quite fit with the Falcons and the saints and they're going ha- to they, they're not the worst five teams in the league. They're certainly not anywhere near the best. And there's just going to be like a whole season worth of these types of games. And one of them will get to nine wins. Maybe, who knows, maybe even 10 because the schedules are so soft. Probably not though. I, I just don't see it. And, you know, if we're lucky, um, it's not the Sunday night week 18 game with only like the only playoff potential oh, game. Can't do that. Well, I could <laughs> it's too that. early to worry about that. I, I don't mind like weird, ugly teams, but it's just like, let's just accept it. It's almost what, like what they're,
1: what they a, are. they're a quadrant of like relegated teams <laughs> that are within the NFL. And it's like, as long as you understand that, like they're not really like the real teams, uh, but they they do their little thing. They play each other twice a year and occasionally they play the real teams. It, it helps uh, to process it. I right mean, me?
3: you, you, uh, you know, went out of your way to lock one of these teams and this pick this game to witness. So I th- hope, I think I you, mean, like the lesson learning on your end will probably, well, be you never,
1: after. never lock a bad team. Like, and, and that's, I've made that mistake before. Um, and I didn't think the bucks were necessarily bad, but I kind of think they might be pretty bad after watching this because uh, Baker and the offense is really coming down to earth. And Oh my God, can we get a running back in that building? They, they seem allergic to that, not run the ball. And I would say, like, it's, like, it's not going to work without a running game when your Baker Mayfield's your quarterback. You I know need, that Baker, help. though, today, he
3: had, like, that 31-yard, 30-something-yard run on on third and long. And, like, I feel like this is just a small little part of his game, but every week there's been an element of Baker, like, converting and moving the chains with with his feet. And, I mean, that's a small little yeah. tiny that's thing. That's what
2: like, I mean. There's just enough with this Bucks right. team. Like, Levante David is playing outstanding. I mentioned Winfield. I think he's been uh, an all-pro type safety this year. Like, and the Falcons have players, too. Like, London and Pitts are showing up week after week making some impressive plays. That's why they'll get to eight wins and not four wins. That
1: was a gutty (laughs) scramble by Baker, but they scored six points in the last... No, I know. It's it's, like...
2: They're an
3: incomplete...
1: You know, you got to win a ball game. All right. All right. Falcons fans are going to be mad at me, but it's like... You guys know. No, they're frustrated, You guys know, like, I... I'm not doing this, like, to antagonize you. What, that you locked against them? No, like, they know when I'm, uh, what I'm saying here is not trying to get them mad. Like,
2: it's just they're, they're very fortunate to have the number of wins. I think they have the highest ceiling of the, this division. I don't know if that's going to matter or mean anything, though. I do think they have the highest ceiling. All right. Let us move on, then. Up
1: next, we head to the Meadowlands. The Swamps of Jersey. Another tough one. Woo-wee. Again, they have Florin isoed one-on-one with Banks, Banks out to the left. Inside technique, Banks is playing. How back under pressure, avoids the sack, spins away, throws left, and the pass is incomplete. Intended for Dotson. Isaiah Simmons got pressure on the quarterback, forcing a bad throw,
0: and the Giants stop Washington on fourth and five with 56 seconds left.
1: Hmm. (laughs) the call is by the great Bob Papa Giants Radio and boys I think there's one thing to take away from this game you never fork the New York football Giants that's your (laughs) takeaway we can move on to the next game Tyrod Taylor threw two uh, second quarter touchdown passes (laughs) And Dexter Lawrence led a, a big blue defense that had six sacks. They had five all year entering this game. Had six sacks, including five in the first half. And they made that last-minute stand you just heard uh, with a little help from Jahan Dotson. Squeeze it, kid. Um, they snap a four-game losing streak with a 14-7 win over the Commanders at MetLife Stadium. Uh, yeah, the, this game, uh, another one that they will not be sending to Canton. Uh Giants looked really good in the first half, um, and the defense was humming. Like I said, five, five sacks in the first half. Uh, Taylor throwing it all over the field with ease. Saquon looking good, even though he suffered a little bit of an elbow injury in this game. Darren Waller again in the mix, clearly has better chemistry with Taylor than he's had with Daniel Jones. That all dried up in the second half, but the defense did enough uh, to get this win and keep their hopes alive
3: i mean sam howell came in having been sacked 34 times i think it was like 13 of those were on sam howell and the way that he plays uh so i mean it it's one of those rare instances i feel like we spend our th- preview show looking at what's happened and saying this is probably something that could happen and then when it actually does in today's nfl i'm kind of like wow it actually went as as you'd think sam howell went and got sacked Six times. But late. it's surprising
2: when it's against the Giants who had, uh, you know, as Dan mentioned, five yeah. going into the year, but they didn't they didn't handle the blitz. And like, look, he's on pace for 97. I think. Is, were these were they, he's on more pace the he's on pace to same? shatter David Carr's record? Uh, no, I wouldn't put this under what
1: he's gotten in trouble with a lot this season with holding the ball too long. I think the offensive line had a lot of breakdowns and the pressure was instant in many of the cases. Um, which, you know, is surprising, again, because the Giants have done almost nothing in that realm until this game. But this is also a Commanders team, and I was getting tweets throughout the game from Commanders fans that are just like, they're they are so sick of this team. There's, I think it's a Ron Rivera situation. They have now lost to the winless, previously winless Bears. They've now lost to the 1-5 Giants, and this is just in the last three weeks. And it makes sense when you hear Jonathan Allen, one of the very talented players on a very talented defensive line, uh, speaking uh, to reporters after the game, uh, here is what he said, courtesy of NBC Four Sports in DC.
0: Does it get frustrating when
1: that? Yes, it does. I'm tired of this. Tired <laughs> of this It's <bull laughs> Been seven <laughs> years of the
2: same. <laughs> tired of
1: this. <laughs> what can you do now, going forward, to get it turned around? Get our minds right and get ready to play Philadelphia.
2: Whoa. Yeah. Uh, Randy or Eric, who was in charge of the beeps there? That was me. Yeah. You did a great job. I mean, great yeah. job. Just, I <laughs> can guess what he was saying. <laughs> Excellent beeps. That was the most. Gotta fun. give them just
4: enough so they know what's being said.
1: You know? And, you know, that's a lot of frustration because I think they they know or think that they are a better team than the Giants. So to be kind of punched in the mouth the way they were and they only get back in that game because Sterling Shepard muffs a punt in the second half. Uh, that leads to a short field and the only commander's touchdown. And then late in the game, the Giants had it locked up. Saquon, who's I think had his one fumble his entire career in the pros. He coughs it up in the red zone, uh, setting up that last drive by Washington. The fall short again on a Dotson drop. It wasn't a perfect throw by Hal, but he did a great job getting away from pressure, puts it near enough to make the catch. The catch isn't made, and it's just like it's an inconsistent team for a, a playing for a head coach who's maybe been around for too long. And everyone's just mm. like, there's a lot of excitement around the commanders from a big picture perspective because Snyder's gone. But a lot of it is way too familiar for fans that are sick. of It Yeah, doesn't
2: fix it all in one week. The, you're not going to like become a, a team that sneaks into the playoffs, which I think is the ceiling for this team, unless you take advantage of those situations on the third down play. Sam Howell has Terry McLaurin one-on-one. It's third and five mm-hmm. from the seven. There's, like, Dory Jackson is out of this game. He's up against a, a rookie in that scenario. Howell is facing no pressure whatsoever. And he doesn't put it anywhere near Terry McLaurin, who, by the way, like, they didn't target for the first half. And then in the second half, they target nine times and he gets 90 yards because he's Terry freaking McLaurin. It's just been a bizarre thing. So, Howell doesn't even put it anywhere near, just a totally bad ball. And, and he's a very strange quarterback because he makes so many good plays and so many bad plays. And then the next play, he scrambles after getting pressured, makes a nice throw to Dotson. It wouldn't have been the game-tying touchdown because it probably would have been... been, It probably would have been been a first down. It would have been a first down down at the one or two with plenty of time left. And it's just this team is frustrating.
1: Yeah, and Giants fans... Um, like I said, I mentioned the Shepherd turnover. I mentioned the Barkley turnover. That was terrible. There was also an all-time, and I understand he's an uh, edge rusher, so these guys, even though defensive backs, can't catch. But Kavon Hal made a horrendous decision under pressure in his own end end zone and threw up a balloon right to Kavon, like basically um, handed to him on a platter, and had a real chance at a pick six. Mm. He drops the football, and it was so bad that uh, there was a tweet that I, that I liked about this. And I took no joy in this, but um, this is just me reporting on the Game Boys. Here is a tweet from, oh, I wish I had who it was from, but here's what it, here's what it said. Giants pl- players lying all over the field in disbelief, Thibodeau distraught. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like how they reported on the Titanic sinking. <laughs> um, all right. Mm. So I do like seeing cool. Jalen Hyatt
2: show up. I mean, it seems like He's things sort of almost function better without Daniel. James oh yeah, you 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 tweeted it out that the, there's going to be a weird conversation in New York this week. I <laughs> I think we're getting there. If things would have kept up for the last two quarters,
3: yeah, uh,
1: there absolutely would have been yeah. a huge conversation. Now it's still kind of like more like some whispers. I think.
2: Well, I it's think it's going to get louder. I think if they the, beat whiskers, the Jets next
1: week it gets louder.
2: I think the whispers can be like okay, like maybe let's not go crazy and say they're way better with Tyler. Tyrod, but it's like there's certainly no major difference. Mm-hmm. Which, which concerns? They're very close to winning
1: <sighs> both these games. Yep. All right, let's move on. Uh, it's time now for the Sunday Drive presented by the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Tough timing because you don't even have to drive uh, to this particular game. We're about to talk about. It's right across the sidewalk.
3: Well, uh, we don't have to drive, but you, you, you got to drive to work. Someone else got to drive. Yeah, got to get at, here. Walking home from here. Talking about us. We're
1: here. <laughs> we here now.
3: That's true. If you want to make it specifically about us, you're right. But if we
1: weren't here now, right, we would be taking the Highlander. Everybody, get in the Highlander. Okay. First all right.
0: and goal at the three. <laughs> the Steelers in a tie game. Climbing the Climbing Highlander with everything in tight. Pickett.
1: We're heading to Pittsburgh to West.
0: The lone setback is Najee Harris. Pickett steps in, hands it off. Najee into the end zone. Pittsburgh
1: Steelers go ahead, touchdown. The iron horse, Najee goes into the end zone, angry man running all day, showing that strength, that power. And when you had to do it, who do you give it to? You give it to Najee Harrison. Does a great <laughs> job of plunging over the left side. His first. He's like talking about Jim Brown or something. Phil Hillgrove and Craig Wolfie have a call. WDVE. SoFi Stadium was lousy with Steelers fans, including Shaq, our buddy. Steelers haven't played here a lot, um, and everybody had fun watching them take care of the Rams, 24-17 behind, 14 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. Um, the defense, Greggy, in this game really shut down uh, Los
2: Angeles down the stretch. I, I want to start giving some credit with, for Pittsburgh before we get to the, the calls by the officials. Okay. even though the calls by the officials were the story, uh, let's mention at least that the Steelers came into the fourth quarter doing absolutely nothing on offense, had barely over 100 yards, six first downs in the game in the fourth quarter. They came alive for the first time all season. They held the ball for over 11 or 12 minutes. They had 11 first downs in the fourth quarter. They get a couple of touchdown drives uh, going uh, extended drives going. Uh, that kept the ball away from the Rams at the end of the game. And Kenny Pickett looked at least like rookie Kenny Pickett for the first time all season. Deontay Johnson absolutely changes this offense. To me, he's more valuable to them, to Kenny Pickett, maybe even than George Pickens, because he's more reliable on a down-to-down basis. So, yes, they got a ton of breaks, and we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their offense did take over in the fourth quarter and also stopped the Rams from moving the ball. So So, so some credit. Yeah, give it to the Steelers for playing their best when it mattered most in a game they were basically dominated for three quarters. Hmm. Yes, Mark. I, I want to believe in the Steelers team. I said they'd win 12 games, and, like, they
3: finally... You know what? They're on pace. They are just on about, pace.
1: Just about. I, I was, I'll help you guys out. They're not going to win 12 games. Well,
3: I what know, I was asking yeah. for, though, before... <laughs> I'm starting I, to wonder. See what you're saying about Pickens, but I was hoping that, like, Jalen Warren and Pickens would become sort of the centerpiece of this attack, and I saw
2: they had, like, what, 91 yards in the first half? Is... Yeah, but Pickens ends up 5-for-107, in... makes some big plays. They had, they had a good connection on those three drives that I'm, I'm talking about. They, went, they had the touchdown drive on a shorter er field and then a 90-yard touchdown drive, and then they closed the game out. Pickens did it. Warren, I would like to see more of Jalen Warren, yes. Do you believe in Kenny Pickett at this point? Like, has no. anything changed? No, but this was—it it wasn't a fiasco. So that's, that's a start. Like, this was a solid game from him. What do you? You're, I mean, you're, if that's where, if that's the bar right now, gonna well, we're going to talk about team winning twelve. I'm just saying they got to be well, a lot better. They are somehow enough, four and two, and I do. I just know teams change, and the, and because they're the Steelers, I give them a chance to be a team that actually becomes good at some point. And oh, by the way, you got to four and two without being good. Now you did it with some luck uh, because of the calls that I that I right, mentioned. Let's talk about that. So that was horrible. First of all, they get a pass interference on Akilah Weatherspoon, uh, the Rams cornerback, on the third and eight in a spot in the field where the Steelers probably would have punted at that point and the Rams would have gotten the ball back with over two and a half minutes to go down seven. Doesn't mean they're going to win. You know, they're, the Rams offense had shot themselves in the foot the last few drives before that, and so who knows? But the Rams were going to get the ball back. It was a phantom call. There really wasn't contact. That it was, was just awkward. The official was in a bad spot it ended up being like a no no blood play because they called the taunting. But the Steelers got another chance at it and they picked up the first down. Which was also a bad call, by the way. The taunting what? was too. The taunting was a bad call too, but it felt like a ball don't lie Because the DB was least. chirping and then he held well, up his finger he, like, hey, pipe well, he down, it's a penalty. He like turned the guy, or he like ran around him so he was in his face and then you know, whispered and, you know, I don't like the taunting call, Whispered. they're, they're going to call. I'm saying they did the like shush right, right, in right. his face, like for a few seconds. I was happy with the result, not the process. Yeah, you know. I'm with you. I do love Deontay Johnson. I think, he, I think he changes it. And that was a big time uh, moment in the game. But then, then the spot, and I'm sure if you watched, you know, red zone today, you saw it. Like they go for it on, on a fourth down play for Kenny Pickett. Basically the game's on the line. If you pick it up, the Steelers win the game. If not, the Rams have great field position to go down the field. And Kenny Pickett clearly was short. Replays clearly showed it was short. And Sean McVay couldn't challenge it because he was out of timeouts. And the play actually went into the two-minute warning, uh, but it started before the two-minute warning, so it's not an automatic review. Game <laughs> over. What are we doing I, here? I got to I got this is going to be a little controversial, but
1: we know there's a little bit of a chicanery that goes on about sometimes all of a sudden a, a play is ruled a catch, and there's like, Actually, upon further review, it's yes. like, there is some help going on. in the yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like just get in the air and say, we can't end the game that way. Uh, it's pretty clear that this is at best uh, close, but not there to let the game end that way. And, and I know you had 50,000 Steelers fans that were thrilled with the ending of that game. But the Rams fans that were hoping for one more chance, like that is such a gut wrenching way for the game to end. And it kind of in a lot of ways, Greg, kind of ruin that game because like you took it took away what should have been the climax. And you yep. said, OK, we're moving on.
2: I. It was a mistake, and I, I think it was e- either Patrick Claybon or someone else, like, quote-tweeting him, that was like, what, what, we have to look at what is the purpose of these replay things because, yes, like, Sean McVay didn't have a timeout left, but the point is to get the call right, and I feel like there has to be a mechanism to get the call right on a call like right. that. The pass interference, I get it. That happens probably once a week where there's a big pass interference call that you could argue with in a big spot. It it happens, it sucks. But a play like that, which is like the down, where you can tell that he's down and something's clearly, like there needs to be a mechanism to get rid of that. But, now that said, I do want to point out, Sean McVay didn't have those three timeouts in part because they blew a timeout because they ran out of time. Early in the third quarter, and that is a Sean yep. McVay specialty that absolutely drives me crazy, and it and it comes back to haunt them pretty often. And he still does it; it drives me crazy. Uh, two quick points: Puka Nakua
1: made uh, mm. another big day, eight for one fifty-four. He had one catch near the sideline that, like, actually the uh, they it was challenged by Mike Tomlin just because he didn't want to believe that it was possible that he could get two feet right. down on the play, and he did. And it's like he's almost demanding to be in the conversation for the Superstar Club, which is one of the biggest surprises of this season. He is the second player via ESPN in NFL history with 700 or more receiving yards in his first seven career games. And the fact that he's still doing it with Cooper Cup there uh, tells you a lot. The other thing is, and I don't I don't say this in a way to be, like, mean, but if you sign Brett Maher to be your kicker, um, you asked for it. And... They they lost a game today that was a close game and he missed two field goals. They were both long kicks, but people are drilling 50 yarders on the reg now. And most crucially, a, an extra point, which led to him having the yips at the end of last season. And like, I remember thinking when they broke camp with him, like, is he, they're going to get through 18 weeks without this guy melting down and costing you a game or games before you have to pivot in the middle of the season, which no team likes to do. It was a, it was a kind of needless risk. I hope Maher is, has a long and sex, successful career. But you don't see things like you saw at the end of last season very often in our league. Come back from that, and and to see this happen again, I wonder how how long he is for the rest. I feel
3: like there's a. We used to have this with quarterbacks, and I mean, and we still do to some degree. But there's like 25 functional kickers that don't leave you completely suspect and wondering what is going to happen to your team on any given Sunday. And Maher's in that subdivision of, like, no, I don't trust you, and you're going to prove to me why I don't trust right. you. Right,
2: he missed that extra point, and they actually got the point back with a, with a two later. But the two kicks he made after that, w- what is it that Jay Feely says? That he piped it? Piped it, yeah. It was the opposite of piping. Reverse pipe. It, it was it was a reverse pipe <laughs> hook. It was like, the fir- you're on the first tee, and the water's on the left, and you're like, just don't hit it in the water. Just don't hit it in the water. And both of them were just these hooks where you're just like... I don't need to be a kicking expert to know he kicked those with no confidence whatsoever. And so that is a big time concern because going into the fourth quarter, they had 300 plus yards and the Steelers had 100. And they should have been winning this game by two and a half uh, touchdowns. But the play of the game, and I I know we've talked about this game, but it was one of the plays of the season to me. TJ Watts interception. So many things happened after it. That you can say won them the game, but they were losing that game unless TJ Watt in zone coverage somehow reads the route combination. TJ Watt, like he's dropping back and he's supposed to be covering the outside receiver. He reads exactly what's going to happen. He breaks on the ball like he's prime Patrick Peterson, not the Peterson they got now. And he gets an interception and brings it back to the 10 yard line. is one of the most astounding plays I've ever seen a defensive lineman make. And that's the only reason they were even in this game is setting up that shortcut. Gra- How many...
3: It's not that they've made this exact wow. play in the past. How many times... This is what I mean, but the miles... Garrett, I get it, but, that, did was it today, but t. J. that was Watt, beautiful. it but T.J. Watt... No, T.J. T- Watt's credit like... There have been like 10 or 11 instances of TJ Watt completely oh, sealing and game. changing games like this with things that
1: other people in his position don't do. I'm watching the MLB playoffs and Bryce Harper of the Phillies has this knack for the big moment. And I noticed he's wearing a headband that says the showman on it. Yeah. I was like, that's a perfect nickname for that guy. Watt's like a showman. Absolutely. And, and also, you are, you are you arguing, Greg? Perhaps uh, not on purpose. Uh, that that was a bit of a big momentum swing for the Steelers that interception. No, too robotic. <laughs> what do you mean
2: momentum swing?
1: They it was a like, the momentum. Back they were
2: just. The they, they were just like losing the game, and, and he, then what he, happened? He, he made it so that they Won the had game. a path. To winning the game how um, else and can you describe that. How can, be, else could you describe What happened right speaking there Speaking of momentum. showmen uh, Sometimes this guy uh, Nick Wesseling Tries to get on me For not being a showman <laughs> Even though you know I took the Eagles This week He tried to be cool And take the Rams How'd that work out for you <laughs> <laughs> <Ow>. There we <laughs> go oh, oh. Unfair And I, I already see While we're taping And I'm trying not to focus on it But there's <laughs> There's been like Seven texts between The Cincinnati Zoo of Is he one. spinning out Phil is getting after Nick Oh who's not saying, again. It's just Who knows
1: Not again All right, let's take a break, and then we'll uh, finish out uh, the late slate. And that was The Sunday Drive, presented by Toyota. Let's go places. Learn more at toyota.com
0: slash Highlander. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, we are back. And uh, light slate this week with
1: six teams on by, so we just need a pinch hit appearance from uh, Shook uh, to handle a game from mile high. So let's talk a little Packers, Broncos, and then welcome in the pipe.
0: Obviously two down territory Even from the Packers 46 A crowd on their feet making noise Four man rush Love in the pocket Bounces around Throws a ball Deep down the field That ball is Intercepted Intercepted By Uh P.J. Locke And this one Is going to end With the Broncos Winning the home game
1: Jordan Love Down two points, had a chance to be the hero. But instead he threw a balloon ball down the right sideline that was easily intercepted. Uh, The death blow for the Packers in a Broncos 19-17 win. The Broncos are now 2-5. They've kind of woken up a little bit the last few weeks. And the Packers now 2-4 and and not looking very good. Uh, Yes, as I said, we now welcome in the pipe Nick Shook. Uh, And by the way, I just realized Jay Feely is saying you piped it which means like a perfect type of thing, right? in that case, a kick, and now we have a, a perfect a type of thing, a guest that handles game coverage, Nick Shook. Uh, Jordan Love is tough to watch, bud, right now. What is up with that? <laughs>
5: uh, I mean, I'm, I'm also wondering what reverse pipe would mean in that, with all that connotation. I don't know, but we won't go there. Uh, you know, they on the call. It's, it's obviously two down territory, right? Not in Jordan Love's world. Not where he wants to go be the hero and chuck one deep into what's essentially ends up being double coverage. I'm, I'm so frustrated watching him play because I've seen the potential and you saw it in this game too. He was bad. Jordan love for the first two and a half, three quarters. And then all of a sudden they wake up, they string together a couple of touchdown drives and you're like, familiar figuring it out again. And then, and then it ends in the same way. Like it's, it's, these Packers fans have to be just so frustrated. Now, granted they're spoiled. Packers fans have been spoiled for the last two decades by elite quarterback play. Welcome to Gen Pop, folks, this is what being an NFL fan <laughs> and not being a fan of the Packers is. Unfortunately for them, uh,
2: another loss, another frustrating one. But hey, good on the Broncos, man. They got another W. It's funny that Shook is much like Mark, a, a Browns fan who hated that the Packers had three decades of great I think I play. <laughs> Shook and I have
3: dealt with some similar ups yeah, and downs.
2: I, as have, you know, the Jets fans and all the rest. Because I, I just, I think with Love, he's got some good things, but at least it, the way he sees the game, like with the way he sees defenses when like he's not seeing it yet Mm -hmm. and maybe he will but he's not seeing it he is very often seems to be confused by what the defenses are showing him even when it's the broncos defense shook
5: yeah the broncos defense that was ranking near dead last entering the last two weeks and suddenly maybe they're not that bad i don't know i was watching this game and i actually had a couple games on my slate today that we're pretty similar in that. It was just two teams that you really don't know if they're any good. The other one being uh Buccaneers Falcons, where I'm just like, yeah, these, these teams are basically the same. And either of them are going <laughs> to separate themselves from the rest of the pack. Except these two teams in Denver were worse than those two teams. It was just like, the stats are very similar. <laughs> uh They both ended up with 194 net passing yards. The now, poor you know, man's Falcons
2: bucks game for the week. Like yeah. To... Yeah. It was, well, it's just, it's rough. it's rough
5: to watch them right now. And, and uh when, you know, it's, it's just tough, I you know, on the Denver side, you got to feel a little bit better about some some of the stuff they did. You know, Russell Wilson, not great, but he's still kind of making plays. He hangs out of the football too long. They did get a good contribution from the rushing attack, and their defense played better. But was it really like a litmus test of this defense is starting to come around, or were they just playing the Packers, who slept walk through three quarters of this game? I don't know.
1: I think it was an important game, uh, Shook, and tell me if you agree, for Russell Wilson coming off two really poor uh, games. If he had another clunker here, you might have started hearing some conversations about, Who's the quarterback of this team as we get closer to uh, November, but did he do enough in your mind to just, oh, you know, they won the game. and you are not going to hear anything like that.
5: Yeah. I mean, statistically he was fine. 2029, 20, 194 and a touchdown pass. It was a nice touchdown pass to Cortland Sutton. Just a good read uh, on a good route concept that beat the defense. But again, it's kind of some of, what we've been seeing from him, which is you see the potential. Like there was that game against Washington like a month ago where they lit it up in the first half. And you're like, there he is. That's who he is. But it, it's just not consistent. Whether they're playing a good defense and they're struggling and they're playing an average team and struggling. Uh, it, there just hasn't been a lot of separation there. So I feel better about him under Sean Payton than I did a year ago. Cause they were completely lost a year ago, but any, he, any he moves better. He's, faster to process and make decisions, but he's still Russell. He still tries to extend the play way too long, gets himself into some bad situations. And they end up in a game like this, where it's a one score game because neither team can get out of its own way. And that includes Russell Wilson. Do
3: you think like, so Matt LaFleur, it's hard to get like a real read on a coach when he rolls into a head coaching situation with a hall of fame quarterback for a number of years. And they roll through the regular season. Um, I think this is a season where it's like we're going to find out who he is and what, and what he can do and what he can do creatively to get out of a troubling situation at quarterback, really an up and down. Like, do you think he's a, what's your take on, on him at this point? Do you think he's a difference making kind of coach or just a guy? Well, you know how they take pictures
5: of presidents when they first show up in the Oval Office and then they fast forward <laughs> either four or eight years at the end yeah. of their term. And they've aged significantly. I expect that type of type of aging Mm, process, The bearded boy, no more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look, he's a good looking guy. And I think he's going to get a couple of wrinkles this year off this season because it's just so frustrating, but it's a product of being, you know, a coach of the youngest team in the NFL. You got a bunch of young guys who just don't have experience. You got a receiver goes and bails out his quarterback on a touchdown pass. That should have been an interception. If Romeo Dobbs hadn't tied up Patrick Sertan on a pass that may, or may have not been an interception that was ruled incorrectly. Territory and Uh, CBS
1: said it should have been a pick.
5: Yeah, Fly. and so he is going to have to overcome a lot of this stuff. He got frustrated with Luke Musgrave last week and chewed him out in the sidelines that everybody could see on TV. It's just going to be a growing pains process that's going to age him a little bit, and they're probably not going to contend for much of anything. But the hope is, is by the end of the year, that your quarterback makes enough progress. So to answer your question, Mark, I think he is the coach. I think he's yeah. done enough at this point to prove that he is, but it's just, he's I working with a young we, guys. I think sometimes
1: we all get sucked in a little bit. And remember all those camp reports that were glowing like this was going to be a seamless handoff. It's going to be a process. The Packers have been outscored 63 to six in the first half of their last four games. And here is, Whoa. as I, as I wow. piss off the pipe, Nope. Um, the Denver Broncos <laughs> had lost 10 consecutive games when leading at halftime until today. That is one of the more insane. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's, that's re- hard man. to do. I see you, totally Broncos fans. That, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. But that streak goes by the boards. Uh, Nick, um, I apologize for that comment. And um we'll see you next <laughs> week. <laughs> I'm gonna go figure out what reverse pipe means. We'll see you guys later. All right, later, buddy. Um all right, let's keep moving. Let's head to Seattle, uh, where the Cardinals were looking to uh stage an upset themselves.
0: Pistol formation play fake to him this time Gino's going to throw right down the seam. Touchdown Seahawks. J.S.N. With the touchdown. His first career score in the National Football League. Tyler Lockett picks up the ball. He's going to save it for the rookie out of Ohio State. 28 yards and a dart thrown by Gino Smith. The Seahawks on the board
1: first. They lead 6-0. Very nice, Steve Rabel, at the call. Seahawks radio, Kenneth Walker III ran for a bucko five. And yes, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jake Bobo. Nice year for Bobo. Both caught first half touchdown passes. Seahawks take care of business 20 to 10 over the one-win Cardinals. Uh, class, sounds like a classic, marquee uh, take care of business effort for Seattle. Maybe one of those old uh, Milton Berle games taking out just enough needed to win.
2: Very uh Milton Burlish, Uh yes. Um I you've now had an Abbott and Costello and Milton <laughs> Burrow reference. Who are you? Al Michaels. Hey. Go all
1: the way back, baby. <laughs> Poor Al.
3: You're right though. It wa- it really was to take care of business and I get th- at this point I'm kind of like, "All right, Cardinals, I get it." You're going to do this every week? You're going to hang around? You know, oh they've lost us. Oh, Cessler. no, don't know. No. You haven't can't fail me. No but, Cess it's Cess like, no, but this whole thing about, like, like th- so you are in this game. In Seattle, I mean, this was not Seattle's shining moment because there were a series of drives in the third and fourth quarter where Seattle was sort of inviting the Cardinals to come on, make this thing close. It's 17 to 10, and Geno Smith um, gets intercepted at Arizona's one-yard line. The next drive, they're at 3rd-2 at the Arizona 2. They get nailed with a holding call, get stuck at a field goal, got to punch it in there. Then uh, next drive, Geno Smith fumbles the ball in Seattle's territory, and they're lucky that Arizona misses the field goal. There. So it's like Cardinals had a chance to get back into this, but their final six drives, the Cardinals, were downs, punt, punt, that missed field goal I mentioned, downs, downs. I don't know how many times you can go out on fourth down here, but it's like... They're not able to complete it. I think it's important that for the Cardinals, we didn't mention this on Thursday, that Kyler Murray's back in that 21-day window, and it sounds like from the reporting from Rappaport and others that they are intent on playing him and playing him a lot and as soon as possible. So this conspiracy theory that I clung to to some degree that maybe we never saw Kyler Murray this season um, will not be true. And they do play hard and they do hang around, but Seattle, I think one thing that came away with this game... They have some young players that are really interesting. You mentioned Jake Bubba. A like, guy can play. Like, he made an incredible catch today. Maybe the catch of the day league-wide. And it's like, this guy can do it. Uh, like, Devin Witherspoon, every game seems to blow someone's world up. He had a hit today that was maybe one of the most massively devastating <laughs> elements of contact that I've seen all season. Holy and God. I just kind of dig these. And I I, I think on Thursday, so yes, I, I wanted to see Jackson, Smith, and Jake, but like, show up and he did today. You know, you didn't have DK Metcalf and these guys are making plays. So that's my hope for Seattle. They don't wow me as a team that's going to knock people off in the
2: playoffs. They're sort of just a team to me, but a better than average team. They uh, didn't have DK Metcalf today. I mean, all these teams change so much. The Seahawks have changed quite a bit for me already through seven weeks. I'm so much higher on their defense than I was a month ago. And I was wondering what they were going to do with Spoon because they had that crazy game on Monday Night Football where he was really only in the slot because Jamal Adams got hurt. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to leave him. there. Uh, We're not going to mess with him. We're going to play the safeties around him. We're going to let him be as close to the ball as possible. And they really have something there. And Wagner and Brooks are playing well together. And if they haven't had an above-average defense literally for, I think, eight years, I think it was 2015, if they have a fun defense... Then you can win games like this where, look, they handled the Cardinals offense better than than most defenses had this year. And then they got something where they could be pretty dangerous with enough weapons on offense, too.
1: Uh, Gino's been picked inside the 20 back-to-back weeks. That didn't happen at all uh, with Seattle uh, before uh, the last two weeks. So he's got to protect the ball there, uh, as we know. And I'll throw out one more nugget that the Cardinals, Mark, did not cross 100 yards passing until the fourth quarter. So Josh Dobbs, maybe that plays into a little bit of the team itching to get another look at their high-paid uh, supposed superstar quarterback on the men from ACL.
3: I will say Dobbs, like, in the last, you know, this season, but also what he did with the Titans at the end of last year, like, that's a nice way to carve out a five or six year career going
2: forward. Like, you're, this is one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. Uh, the target, it sounds like for Murray, would not be next week, week eight but potentially as soon as week nine. Yeah. And
1: there's a deadline
2: in play where right. you have to have
1: him right on the field or, he, or he's done for the year. So it looks like it's trending that way. Uh, before we get to Sunday night football, let's close it out with a little Raiders bears at soldier field.
0: Left to right. five forty six to go in the ball game. Still, Still Brian, got time to get one. Brian Hoyer. First out of 10 of the 25 five. Four man a rush. It's coming home, but Groyer Throws left, and it's intercepted, Jalen Johnson. Goodbye, baby. 20, 15, 10, pick six. Touchdown, Bears! An exclamation point by a job well done by the Bears defense. His second career interception and his first touchdown. Hoyer's been staring left all day. (laughs) Johnson broke on it and took it to the house.
1: The Raiders went into the season saying Brian Hoyer is our backup.
3: Well, Josh McDaniel said that, but yeah.
1: Again, you, you get what you ask. Um, yeah, Jalen Johnson with the pick six. Uh, Tyson Bajant, nice job. Three touchdown drives in the first half. Oh, excuse me, in his first start with Justin Fields um, out with that hand issue. And the Chicago Bears cruise to a 30-12 win over the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders are three and four, but it feels like they're one and, si- one and six, but they're three and four. And the Bears now improved to two and five. Um, Greg, certain corners of uh, Twitter slash X, you know, chirping about the idea of uh, is Bajan
2: actually better for this offense than Justin Fields? Are you going to buy into that? Do you see anything in this kid? I thought he played really well today. I It wasn't about him. He didn't have to do that much, but he played like a guy who is going to be in the NFL for nine or ten years. You, the Dobbs you, thing. You mentioned Dobbs, yep. yeah. I mean, who knows what his ceiling's going to be? This is a rookie playing his first start, undrafted rookie. But what he did was get to his second read more than once, uh, not do anything stupid, really the whole day, and run and look comfortable. It was 21 for 29, 162 it was nothing crazy. But I felt like and they might have something here when almost immediately when he scrambled on the third down where he goes through his reads, he gets the first down and then he he's asking a moribund soldier field crowd to like give him some freaking love here. I like that. I, I like that. that it was juice. just like yeah, good juice. He played like a confident uh, young young player who is like not not at all, you know, cowed by the moment. He only took three quarterback hits. And yes, that's partly because of the Raiders. Partly because of the good game plan by Getty getting the ball out of his hand, but it's partly because he wasn't holding on to the ball. So it looked like a functional offense today, for one of the first times all year. I mean, they've had they've been up and down. Even with Fields, they they were putting up some yardage numbers, uh, but it was a very good performance. By like the he Bears, happy for him. The Bears
3: defense has been such a disaster under Matt Eberflus this season. Like, so I I get you're playing the Raiders, who are you know you're dealing with a backup quarterback and their their offensive line's got issues. Their running game is dead on arrival. Um, So is is it that, or is Chicago's
2: defense sort of turning the corner maybe a little bit? They've been a little better, uh, certainly, the last couple... Look, they have two wins by... What was this by by 20 plus points? I'm just saying the last couple of weeks, it been a little bit different. Remember, I trotted out that that uh, stat about the Texans a couple weeks ago, that they have more 17 plus point wins than the Vikings have had for the last four years combined. Well, now the Bears have, two mm-hmm. in the last two weeks. So, yes, the Bears defense played better, but they were helped out by Hoyer starting this game. M- Josh McDaniels is living in his fears. Starting him over O'Connell was insane. Oh, why? Oh. Hoyer was staring down receivers. He was begging for a pick six all day. He ends up with 129 yards and two interceptions on 32 attempts. And he was making the types of mistakes if O'Connell was making it the whole time, you're like, oh, that's a rookie. That's a rookie just like locking into certain guys. Almost every pass he threw was touched by a Bears defender. It was just like, is is the Raiders, is Devontae Adams going to make a contested catch or are they going to intercept the ball? Or are they going mean, to knock lost 13 straight starts. And and what are you even telling your locker room? Shouldn't be in,
3: shouldn't be playing. Put O'Connell in there. Like, get, let the young
1: player there's, play. You know? There's a great line in the final season of Succession. Actually, I think it's the last scene with uh, Logan Roy, the patriarch, and the children um, at a karaoke bar, I think, in Chinatown. And... He goes uh, after they, you know, they, they unload on the father, you know, because they want to have control of the company. And then he kind of just buries him he goes, I love you, but you're not serious people. <laughs> and that's what I feel like the Raiders and specifically McDaniels when he's making decisions like this. Like, you're not a serious head coach. I can't. I can't get even invested in them right now.
2: Do you want to know the moment? Well, they're going to be on Monday night football next week. I think it's their last primetime game, but my God, it's Lions! It's Lions Raiders Monday night. Watch us on channel five in the UK. Uh, Daniel Carlson kicked a 25 yard field goal on fourth. And, you know, I think it was at like the six or seven after a seven minute, 15 play drive to cut the score. To twenty-one to six, you're like, oh, okay. Well, that must have been in the second quarter, maybe early <laughs> no, third. no, no, no. that was in the mid. That was in the fourth quarter. Logan, that was in the fourth quarter. It was twenty-one to three, and he asked for a field goal. And there were actually some Raiders fans that, resp- and I, and I was like, you can't be serious, Josh McDonald's. They're like, well, it cuts it to two scores. What about this game was gonna tell you that they were gonna get down there to possibly score a touchdown, or that they would stop the Bears' running game? The Bears, of course, promptly went on a seven-minute drive and put points up by themselves. It's just, you're right. They're not a serious i heard greg mess. going off about this uh this re- during the day in the news this because so i exactly. you know because i had an attach- i have an attachment to josh mcdaniels he was part of a lot of great moments and you know uh, what yep he
1: might be have success yet in this league as an <laughs> offensive coordinator but this ain't a thing um before we move on i want to say can we put you know our producer by far we've had a lot of producers it's turning into like a um like a drummer from a spinal tap situation. Hmm. I mean, the pop culture references are all over <laughs> spanning the decades, Greggy. Forties, fifties, eighties, two thousands. Um uh, let's take a look at Tyson Badgett when he got the uh uh the game ball. I mean, Eric Roberts, what I was gonna say, Eric Roberts is the most inked producer we ever had. Mm. Yes, by yeah. far. This I, is I gonna so. not uh, since
2: so. Sydney was close. <laughs> <Sydney was laughs> not closed. since not
1: since AJ McCarron have we seen ink like this. Would you look at that? I mean, that is a lot of work. And, and Eric, you're a man who's turned your body into a a canvas. Um, (laughs) (laughs) To to get that amount of work done on on the breastplate and surrounding territories, that's got to be, you got to have respect for that, right? Right, yeah. We talked about it a little before. It's a lot of work. A full chest piece
4: across the shoulder down to, looks like, at least the mid-forearm. Um, and it's a lot of like scripture, a lot of like it looks religious. But yeah, the breastplate is what I've heard is probably the most painful. I've, my brother has a pretty big mm. American Eagle brother really? across his chest. I love it, and um, we, he has a bunch. My whole family has a bunch, and he said that's the only one where he's thought
1: about like tapping out. Dude,
2: it, he's got a prop engine mm.
1: plane on his. I on
2: mean, his left. His Hectoral. dad is like the the 17 right. time arm wrestling champion of right. the universe. Yeah, they, they They're they're built that. different in the
4: Bajan family. I oh, love it. He's pretty. He's out pretty hard in this video where the the game ball, backwards hat, trucker hat, and <laughs> tatted up. It was, I respect him though. Yeah, it was
2: pretty cool. I I don't you know don't let him win another game or else like the the discourse in Chicago will just be a little too much. But I think we they, I think we can have a nice story without making it a like him or him type of thing. Um, do you uh do you have any tattoos, Dan?
1: No.
3: Not nope. a uh, like a would you would you be could be could be compelled to get one? I know Greg does. Uh,
1: no, I mean you guys, the two of you are turning into uh, you know like I'm in a biker bar when I step in here. Every time I look that at means. you guys, you have new, new <laughs> me. But uh, uh, no, I I've never had the the urge. Quite yeah. honestly, no, I think I, uh, not, it's am not your body. Not judgmental. It's your no, it's, like, your it's fine. Right. I, I hope you I hope you have that opinion. Like I I'm not no you, judging I, your way. I'm not saying
3: that you should have them. I just didn't know. I've not seen. Your entire...
2: It would, I, I mean, you knew. How, wouldn't it be shocking <laughs> but, if Dan was like, yeah, I've got uh, a Taylor Swift <laughs> on my lower back?
3: Or, that would be, but, know, but I mean, it could it. be something else. Never no, know.
2: nothing yet, but okay. open-minded if something yes. really strikes me. Yep, good. All right. Shout out to that listener who had the heed the call uh, tattoo in a similar spot as Matching. me. Oh, you're right. Yes, Matching. all that photo. In London, that was cool. Even the font, I think, was similar. font was similar. I have, like, the typewriter font. He didn't go all caps like me, but it's pretty similar. Did you- Little annoyed, actually,
1: sneaky annoyed. Like, hey, that's my IP. Uh,
2: no, we've seen from many listeners that have heed the call tattoos, and I. It's and one of the things uh, that gives me like the most amount of joy in thinking about Chris seeing those out there.
3: It's pretty cool. Greg was not going to let you turn in that into something they Dan. So,
2: <laughs> just
1: a nice try. though. you're weird. To Sunday Night Football. <laughs> Second down of three. Hurts takes the gun goes to Gainwell. Gainwell spins. He's in.
4: Touchdown!
0: Not to be denied. Kenny Gainwell takes this thing off the left tackle, and he gets hit on about the two-yard line, but he smells pay dirt. He Mike, spins, he keeps his balance, and he's into the end zone. Mike, that's what they call a cartwheel. He <laughs> cartwheeled into the end zone. <laughs> Is that a cartwheel? That was a cartwheel.
1: Well, yeah. You know, he's just about to say that Merrill Reese and Mike Quick we're a great Batman and Robin there, and then Merrill comes in with the cartwheel. It wasn't a
2: cartwheel, it's like a spinorama.
1: A spinorama. Okay, now I'll, I'll I could run with spinorama anyway. Yes, it was a nice uh, short touchdown run by Kenneth Gainwell, uh, and the Philadelphia Eagles use a strong second half uh, to take care of business, 31-17 at home over the Miami Dolphins. So the Eagles move to six and one. Um, proving to three and zero at home, and you know, putting some of that bad, bad blood of the the week six loss to the Jets to bed. Um, and Greg is a great finish for this team because after a pick six by Hertz in the third quarter, it's seventeen seventeen, and then Philly did what a true Super Bowl contender does against another big time opponent; they just took control.
2: I think this was a. Major step forward for the Eagles to get to to five and one to six and one rather because they checked a lot of boxes. Neither of these teams had really played quality opposition. If you look at the five wins the Dolphins had against soft teams, the one time they played another good team, they got they got smoked. Philadelphia comes into this game and they know they're catching the Dolphins at the right time. Xavier Howard is out. The offensive line is injured. They lose Isaiah Win right off the bat, and they looked like the bet- better team, but I think it's a box check for Sean Desai, mm. their defensive coordinator, uh, who who's just l- kind of learning on the job, who comes up with a really good game plan. It's, it's a box check for their defensive line. If you're going to make all that money, let's get after the quarterback who's the hardest to get after in the league, and they did. They hit him six times. to a got rid of the ball quickly plenty, but they got after him. And then Jalen Hurts, who's been a different player this year, but I think this game was emblematic of that. Like, his highs are higher and he has way more lows. He already has more turnovers this year than he had all of last year. Whoa. But the highs are pretty damn special. And that, that 42 yarder to AJ Brown was great. The throw uh, on the run I, I, that i um, what was it on the third down? Was that also to Brown in the first half or to Devonta Smith? Like he made some really special plays in this game. And that was more than enough to get the win.
1: Yeah, uh, that is a crazy stat uh, about her. It's the ten turnovers corner. versus eight. Yep. It's week seven. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the you could, the another way to put it is he's been you know more inconsistent uh, than a year ago. And tonight, though, like he after that uh, pick six when the game looked like it could p- potentially slip away, um, the offense kind of put it together and, and took care of business. And I think um, this was a performance that on two on two sides, the Eagles where we're trying to figure out, you know, who they are and and whether these issues on offense are serious issues or just a team that's still relatively early in the season and figuring themselves out in a, with a new offensive coordinator. On the Dolphins' side, I think it's a very real, it's a very fair thing to ask, Greg, that, that, you know, there's no doubting that this is a special offense when things are humming. But once again now, it was to the Bills uh, in week four, and now the Eagles here. In week seven, when when it was time to really ball out against a big time team, they don't really show up uh, 20 points against the Bills, 17 against the Eagles. And questions will persist about whether they are able to be the team they need to be when it matters against the opponents.
2: When they step up, they got the, they got the Chiefs in two weeks, by the way, in Germany. Uh, that's a big time game for NFL Network getting one of the games of the year. Like that yeah. with done. Dust. It's not too late. Schedule makers. Book a flight. Look, the Dolphins got 12 first downs in this game. Now, now they, they're a team that like, gets a lot of chunk plays. And, but tonight, Sean Desai, as I mentioned, did a good job. E- even though they gave up a lot of throws over the middle, Tyreek Hill has a long a 27. Cedric Wilson has a 29. Waddle doesn't get anything over 16. They prevented the big plays. The Dolphins are unlikely to be one of the great offenses of all time. That's a ridiculous bar to go after. Can they be the best offense in the NFL this year? Like, they can, but you need to be better than 12 first downs, 244 yards on a day where I know your Dolphins fans are going to point out, like, look, we're we're missing Teron Armstead. It, newsflash, you're always missing Teron Armstead. Sure. Like, he's he's out for half the season, every almost every season. Every team is missing key guys every week. That's right. the NFL. And that's part of Armstead. And then said, win gets hurt. And so can you work around it? I thought Tua made some really special throws in this play. I mean, they could have been smoked in this game. It actually, in a different scenario, like it could have not been closer. He had a great third and nine in the first quarter, which which saved them uh, near the goal line. Uh, he also had a third and 18 late in the second quarter, which was just an absolute dime. And they end up getting a touchdown right before the half in part because of that third and 18. But he was not convincing otherwise. And to me, the biggest play of the entire game was he... he Leaves one up for grabs that Darius Slay uh, picks off, uh, just left it in the air too long. At first, it looks like a touchdown. Then it very well could have been a pass interference. So they got a little bit of a the linebacker p- just railroads the receiver. And and then Slay intercepts it. And it was almost like the the official got distracted by the interception. But either way, just the timing was just a little bit off. And this whole thing of like Tua MVP, it's like you got to – Play better in, in the bigger games. And he didn't play bad in this game, but th- they weren't enough. Like the best part of this game were the two Philly lines. Like they've been the last two seasons, they are the dominant force in the NFC.
1: Yeah, there's a um, third and eight. Hua drops a gorgeous uh, bucket pass TD <laughs> to Tyreek Hill, who runs through bracketed coverage. And uh, again, it just shows with uh, 39 seconds to play in the half. It just shows you how different he is, but Tyree kill also had a huge drop. That would have been a, a back pocket touchdown uh, that they lose that. And then a blown up call by the officials on the next play, um, a, no, a no call on a fourth down pass, turns the ball over. Now they get the pick six the football right gods ahead. step in and go, Whoa, whoa, whoa! pump the brakes there, pick six ha- right after that. So things kind of get evened out there, but in general, yeah, that, that was kind of to me when I was thinking about the, the Dolphins, they just have to take their game to a higher level because they're built right now from a if you're someone who's doubting them like you are going to run up uh, you're just going to run up the score against these bad teams but we're now seeing maybe a trend here of them getting punched in the mouth against bigger opponents so you know the AFC East yes the AFC was it though
2: the AFC East uh, is a little interesting Greg. Oh you were enjoying this one. You did right not want your uh Dolph- what? So the Jets? So we got they got a see. break here by the from the Patriots. Your your buddies, the Patriots, helped them out today. My
1: buddies the Patriots, yes. They they knock off the Bills. So the Bills are now four and three. Mm. Dolphins fall so they're five and two and the Jets on by uh pick up a half game on both teams at three and three. Very interesting. Uh I still I mean who is the favorite in this division? I don't I, I I guess I don't know. I guess Miami I, I'm not shaking that much by this is a tough spot to go on the road on Sunday night after the loss that the Eagles had um, It felt like it was kind of stacked against them with Armstead out. They could not get the running game going at all. They had negative eight rushing yards, the Dolphins, in the first quarter, which is their worst since 2013. Mm. So in a lot of ways, it was kind of up, uphill uh, climb for them. Uh, tough game, but I'm not I'm not hitting the panic button. Put it that way.
2: I, I think the Bills are still the favorites, but they're one and two in the division with losses to the Jets and the Patriots. So it, 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 is a stra- it is a strange season. The Dolphins have to feel good that they have a, a game, a couple games in the loss column, or a game in the loss column in hand, uh, but they got smoked by the Bills. And an interesting thing happened today, just standings in general, including yeah. the Patriots. All these one-win teams won, Dan. The Patriots got their second win. Mm-hmm. The Broncos got their second win. Mm-hmm. The Giants got their second win. The, the Bears got their second win. Uh, so, was, you know, if, if you're the Bears, you're hat, you loving life that you own that Panthers draft pick. That's, that's a nice, solid number one. You got the Cardinals, but just big picture, like a, a lot of these teams at the bottom got wins. Parody,
1: like a Python around mm. its prey, uh, even tighter. It's grip on the NFL. Uh, two last things for me. Uh, once again, the um, third and short, fourth and short, setup for the Eagles is beyond flawless. I will say one thing, and listen to me, Eagles fans, Philadelphia people, sports fans who have a very—it's very nice time to be alive in Philadelphia as a sports fan with the Phillies and the Eagles. Um, you don't get it. It, it. No, it's not brotherly shove. You don't get it. I know you want it to be brotherly shove, but it's the tush. And you got to live with that. That's the name that history will remember it by. You, have you noticed this? They're trying to make it a thing. Yeah. They're trying to change the name because they don't think that's a cool name. They're like brotherly show. If that's a cool name. you don't get it.
2: i like that. The e- NBC tried to split the difference. And on the graphic tonight, <laughs> they say they were four for four on the QB push play. It was like, well, come well, on. Nobody let's wins there. That, that, let's, uh, but they were four for four. It's remarkable how many situations they are in like that. And, you know, they go for it. Uh, they had to take a timeout because Sirianni changed his mind, thought better of it, was gonna punt it away, uh, in a one-score game. Right, that was bizarre. Midway through the fourth quarter. Well, it's not that bizarre because they're on their own twenty-five. It's not that much earlier yeah, in football history. Yeah, but there's a lot of
1: thinking going on in the NFL anymore. It's, just, it's all
2: data-driven. Right, but no the decision what, is made. Yeah, but very that an eighty-two versus seventy-nine percent win probability to go for it yeah so. but i teams go for I it I disagree because i think 31 other teams would have punted that or maybe like 29 other teams but because they have this superhuman play that can never be stopped uh they do it and no one else can what do you mean push push it is the tush push and then they go on these long drives it's been an inconsistent offense but man they go on these long drives i got another thing you had a second thing well my What's second thing real quick is um that uh, no,
1: you do your thing, and then I'll do one more.
2: I just want Eric to l- remind me who won the lockoff tonight. Yeah, Will I Sesler, locked it off. The, the bad form by Sessler.
1: Like I, he said he had he had something to take care of this morning. I was like, oh no problem, because it's a long season. We got different things in our lives, but I had forgot that there was a lockoff. You
2: can't, you can't abandon your post. You
1: can't abandon your
2: post on a lockoff. No. And I mean, he's abandoning banning and posting these lock standings. I think he's he's three back. He needed this. Did he do it? on Was there more to it? Remember the Kaiser
1: Sose, Sessler that we discovered in the draft a few weeks back. Did he get bad
2: vibes about how this game would turn out?
1: Yeah. Does that explain well, that's the? your chair? opinion?
2: Um, he is not thrilled. I know well uh, from yeah. hearing from him even before this game started that he jumped out of his Browns lock, never jump out of, the but lock. maybe it was ball. Don't lie. You know, he's not here for the lock off and ball. Don't lie. I got,
1: I have to say, um, I, it disgusts me to say it, but, um, I feel like you're in a little bit of a groove in the locks right now. And I don't, I don't, don't feel don't overly confident. It. In fact, I'm almost ready to kind of call it. Oh, this is the, because there's no way at this point that we're going to catch you because you're just,
2: this is like, Oh, break out the locks playbook from Dan. It's like, <laughs> once he falls two back, he breaks out this old canard. Give me a break. Last one.
1: Um, and maybe this is me showing my age, but is it, is it just me or are all these 80s throwback uniforms better than all the current ones? Like every team, I saw it with the Giants today. I see it with the Jets. I see it with the Eagles tonight. I, they're just they're pretty. They're well, nice. They're well, the smooth. Kelly Greens they're are clean.
2: particularly beautiful. They're among my favorite uniforms in, in sports history. Tell me one kind of throwback back uniform there.
1: that's been... Uh, that's popped up recently that you're like oh that's that's not an upgrade over what they usually wear like, oh, the patriots
2: pat patriot that's better um well those how about those bumblebee uniforms by the steelers but that was like that's throwing different. it back to like the 40s no that's no that was ridiculous that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking yeah i'm talking about those
1: uh, you're right, 70s they're always, 80s they're always I, better yeah whatever it's you know everything's cyclical all right that's good thank you to everybody um for uh, checking us out we have a big week coming up on around the NFL because the trade deadline's around the corner. So we're going to have a special trade deadline episode with Mike Garofolo, who's as plugged in as anybody in the league uh, and some other fun coming up as well as more NFL Plus goodness. We have our Game of the Week rewatch, which is going to be Browns. Colts, that's going to be a wild one. Colts. Sessler will be there for that, I bet. Uh, so be there Monday. A lot of content and our Monday night recap and news. Wow, we're busy. Heed the call.